Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What is up, Gypsy gang? We're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, and it is one of the goats of Gypsy Tales. If there was a Gypsy Tales Hall of Fame, Harry Bink would be right there. I think he was maybe like episode 10 of the podcast. Uh, and then he's been on, this is his third full three hour episode. So there's nine hours of Harry Bink goodness, uh, that has now been recorded. This being the third one. Uh, he's been on a bunch of different Supercross companions, but everyone loves Harry in these, uh, these full three hour specials. And in the, I think it was maybe the second podcast that we did, I started calling him Sandy Gandhi. Uh, and he's just living up to that name more and more as the years go on. Uh, great timing for this one because Harry kind of went through uh, the the whole COVID period, I guess, in the same way that we all did. Um, everyone was kind of affected differently, but Harry being a touring athlete um, kind of got hit on uh, on multiple fronts, I guess, sporting stuff was shut down and then uh and then obviously like the touring stuff got cancelled so to go through that um and then rebuild and start to uh prepare to do the triple backflip which he completed just a couple of weeks ago so this is a really dope episode me and harry had a lot to talk about and um thanks to harry as well for uh i guess listening to at the end some of my thoughts uh, as long-winded as they were on on meditation and uh and i guess trying to like bring a few things full circle that harry was talking about and i guess like relating them to some of my own experiences and some of the stuff that i've been going through in the last few years so this was a really great episode i loved hearing uh harry's story of the last few years knowing exactly what he went through uh what he went through to get ready for the triple flip and then yeah to be able to kind of put my own spin on everything um at the end there was really rad so this is a dope episode you guys love harry's episodes you always ask for more harry bink you're finally getting it um and i hope this one lives up to the expectations now before we do that one though before we we do get into this episode um i just need to give you some words from our sponsors um and today i've actually got an exciting festival to tell you about that's happening on the gold coast not sure if you've heard about the Urban Sport Fest yet, uh, but one of my mates, Matt Burgess, is running this event on the Gold Coast. It is called Urban Sport Fest, and it is on December 9th to 11th, uh, 2022. Urban Sport Fest is Australia's first BMX Freestyle World Cup and qualifying event for the Paris 2024 Olympics, and it is also combined with a three-day music festival. So, pretty exciting approximately 150 bmx freestyle athletes are traveling from across the globe to the gold coast to compete and everyone is frothing for this uh they're frothing for it because this is australia's first bmx freestyle world cup uh, at the start of summer and these international riders are coming here to knock off australia's best including current olympic gold medalist uh gold coast own and gypsy tales own logan martin uh so this is going to be a sick event uh and then they're combining this with plenty of food and drink as well as a bunch of other activities for the kids uh so this is a one-off event that is perfect 
to kick off summer on the Goldie uh, for the young and the young at heart. Uh, and this is a really great family event. So make sure you get your tickets now for this family-friendly three-day music and BMX festival at the Urb- at urbansportfest.com. This is going to be really cool. Uh, if you've never seen Logan Martin, Brandon Lupos, if you've never seen those boys in the flesh, uh, you have to go see it. It is just insane what these guys are able to do so super excited for that we are also brought to you by the guys at boost mobile and going on right now from the 9th to the 15th of november is the boost sim frenzy sale the 200 uh dollar sim that gives you 140 gigabytes of data that is now 40 dollars off so that is uh on sale for 160 dollars uh and the 40 gigabyte sim uh, that normally goes for $30 is now $8. So you're saving $22 uh, on that SIM card. This SIM offer ends on the 15th of November uh, and terms and conditions do apply and this is for new customers only. All the information is right there at boost.com.au. We are also brought to you by the guys at ktmnewcastle.com.au. Uh, And the guys at KTM Newcastle aren't only Australia's number one uh, KTM dealer in Australia, uh, but they've also got a new division that is kind of a crossover. Uh, It's in between the mountain bike and the moto market, uh, and that is the EMTB range. So these guys are now stocking the Intense Taser e-mountain bike. Uh, And this is probably the perfect crossover uh, if you're a weekend warrior like me and you only get to go out one day a week on the moto, uh, but you've kind of got a bit of a Jonesin to do a little bit more riding, uh, then I feel like the more time you can spend behind bars, the better. And there's probably no better way to do it uh, than on an intense taser e-mountain bike. Uh, These things are insane. If you've never ridden an e-bike, you should definitely uh, try and get a demo, but they're an absolute game changer. Um, They kind of take... Definitely doesn't take like the the sting out of riding or the hurt out of riding a mountain bike. Like you're still getting a workout. Um, but I just feel like you can cover so much more ground uh, and you're spending a lot more time per ride uh, going down, sharpening the skills uh, and I guess like getting the most out of that feeling behind uh, being behind bars. If you want to listen to me carry on about e-bikes in more detail, the episodes of the podcast with Glenn Jacobs, we go into detail quite a bit. Um, But a bike like the Taser just opens up a whole new world and style of riding. uh, And it sort of makes the ups as fun as the downs, um, which is pretty crazy. And yeah, pretty much each ride, you're probably going to do like three or four more uh, times downhill uh, than what you would be able to do on a uh, an acoustic mountain bike, as we like to call them. So, ktmnewcastle.com.au. Um, ask for Shane. He's the main man there. Tell him you're a member of the Gypsy Gang uh, and you are going to get looked after. Also, we're brought to you by the guys at mxstore.com.au. These guys are the number one in Australia for dirt bike parts and accessories. Uh, That's where we go pretty much for anything that we need. Last week, got a new fresh set of that Alpine Stars 23 gear. That's all in stock at MX Store. Um, Just got that whole thing. They did the whole process. The logos on the jersey, they did the whole deal there. Um, One-stop shop, really, when it comes to your dirt bikes. 
parts and accessories needs. Uh, you head to mxstore.com.au. You get same-day shipping if you order before 2 p.m. And you can also do the click and collect option if you are lucky enough to live uh, close to their Burley headquarters. We're also brought to you by the guys at Fist Handwear. Uh, we've got a couple promo codes that we can read out here. Uh, Fist Handwear, you're going to use Gypsy Gang to get 15% off. That code is also going to get you 15% off at rivalinkdesignco.com. That is for the best graphics in the game. Fist is for the best gloves in the game. Uh, and we are also brought to you by the guys at Tropical Auto Group in Rockhampton. That's who we get our D-Max through. I absolutely love that rig. Uh, if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, head to tropicalautogroup.com.au. Uh, get on the blower, ask for Kyle, tell him you're a member of the Gypsy Gang, and you're going to get a $500 uh, gift voucher for MX Store if you buy a new or used vehicle through those guys. Also, the code Gypsy Gang is going to get you 30% off uh, in our merch store, which is gypsy-shop.com. Uh, and we actually did a stock tape and we've got a lot more sizes than is on the website. So keep your eyes peeled. We will be updating that website, uh, to reflect what we actually do have in stock. A lot of people have hit me up. So we're sold, sold out of everything. Uh, that's not the case. So get on there. Uh, if you did miss out on merch, hopefully we've got your size, but if not more merch coming soon, that's, uh, that's it for me and the ads. This was a dope episode with Harry Bink as always. And I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome home, Harry. <laughs> it's been a while. It has, dude. It feels like it was years ago. Well, it was years ago. But yeah. You were number... What number were you the first, very first time? I think we talk about it every time, but... Yeah, no. Nah, it's nostalgia. It's, a good, it's good. I got a memory of a goldfish. <laughs> I can't remember what I had for breakfast. It was early, though. Like, real early. And ever since then, you've been a Gypsy Tales favourite. <laughs> like, it'd be... Your episode's probably one of the most downloaded, so... Wow. Yeah, people are happy to have you back. Crazy, I, get, I always get people saying, like, get Harry back on, get Harry back on, get Harry back on. But it's like... There's, there's been... It's been a couple of years, I reckon. Yeah. We just did Supercross Companions. Yep. So there was those, but an actual Harry Epp has been a while in the making, and I feel like it's good timing, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. We actually talked about it earlier in the year. We we're like, we need to do another yep. one. But in saying that, as far as like career-wise goes, career, yeah, as far as my career goes, I did absolutely nothing <laughs> in, the, in those three, four years since that podcast. Like, I mean, I went to X Games, I did stuff, but I didn't finish any. I got actually no, I actually got my first X Games medal, and um, what was that in? Uh, that was in Best Trick. Yeah. Uh, last year. DNF both this year because I had What that. trick did you do? I did a double flip one-handed knack. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was at Slayground Day. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Which was gnarly because it's like, um, it was really hot, 40 degree heat. Windy. Yeah, and just, just the dirt, like just, it was gnarly. Yeah. Um, but like we were, there was no air con out there and you get there, you're jet lagged and it was just, um, it was a lot on and then to be in like a, cool enough like going to world games and being in it like it was it sucked it rained the whole time but we weren't in 40 degree heat in a venue with no air con yeah so yeah. it was yeah you're just like out in the fucking desert you could hear yourself think yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah covid happened i think like you've probably had a, a gnarly two years in through covid because you had like this steady stream of income doing the nitro tour 
like your whole life is fully geared around traveling and then you essentially getting paid to travel and then just like literally nothing and you just have to spend like two years just figuring it out and i feel like like knowing you off like away from here like i feel like you went through a lot of shit and like had to like it was probably hard but i'm sure you learned a lot about yourself like in those couple years you know for sure i couldn't agree more um i think that was probably one of the best things that did happen to me um going at a high speed i knew that i always in the back of my mind when i got to speed where i was having under 100 days at home a year yeah i'm touring and living this rock star lifestyle i knew it wasn't gonna last forever um and i knew that i was gonna have to learn to slow down again i just didn't expect it to happen so fast yeah and then like going from my injuries when i broke my femur and then shoulder reco and then I tried to come make a comeback the following year and I was just still so like Locked worn, up. worn yeah. down from yeah. my injuries and not fully healed and I thought I was and I thought I could go back to how I used to be and I got a shoot, rude shock of reality and then COVID hit yeah, so yeah. it was like I wasted those two last good we might have felt like I missed out on those two last good years what was left yeah. and then for COVID to hit it was like oh there was like oh, I, was, I, was, I was just, just about just to get my yeah, momentum yeah, back yeah. and then COVID hit but then it really like I, was, I actually I will say that I didn't need it and I wanted to go but I think it really did set me up more yeah. of just being more patient just listening and how your body just slowing down so much more um and those years did suck and they were hard but i did also surrender to them like sometimes you can just keep charging and not copping and just go i'm gonna keep looking for new opportunities in other areas and just keep going and then get let down harder in the long run yeah um i was i did kind of surrender it to it at an earlier stage it was really hard and um but I think it was the best thing I could have done and it led me into like a lot more meditation and breath work and um, I think it was more the fact of like you can sit there and sob of like of of all the events that have happened but it really made me just review and revision and just slow down and then that opened up a lot more new doors for me yeah coming out of that and then also now leading into these high speeds so like let's say like for me this year i did a one nitro circus to a australian tour at the start of the year and it was like yeah sick rockstar lifestyle for like five weeks and yeah like touring and riding shows and sending gnarly tricks and partying again and doing it all and it's like it was just sick and it was fun and then i was hoping that i was going to get on the usa tour like when i was on the oz tour they were pumped with my efforts i'm like yeah it's sweet like long as you guys have me on us tour i'll be happy and just like keep me on all the tours that's all i want yeah um and then the ticket sales were really bad there was some problems with the visas that held up and then they seen that the ticket sales weren't as good as they liked and i did get um, drop from the tour a lot a lot of other athletes did as well yeah well, like Sheeny didn't even get over there did he well Sheeny did Sheeny oh, Sheeny got on and I think Sheeny was like the only one out of all the Aussies that pretty much got promised a spot yeah, like and yeah. when I say promise like yes you're on Um, but there was so many of us like myself Jay Tui Jed Milton yeah. um, Ellie Chu there was, there was heaps of us that were meant to be on the tour that didn't and then there's even Americans like um, 
Brendan Schmid and a few others that didn't get on the tour. So it is very limited spots. Um, and then everyone's trying to... Because it's expensive to have you guys fly over and then there's like all the visa process that you got to go through. Like it yeah, just adds up, eh? A lot of extra costs. Yeah, correct. Um, and then they also need to take into evaluation who's going to make it through the whole tour. Yeah. Like sometimes to fly in and out riders. Um, but... Um, yeah, it's an inter- it's an interesting topic, but um, so yeah, I had that tour, and then so with I find like doing really big gnarly stunts or whatever. I've always been a rider that when you go to an event, um, if I stay busy all year or doing shows all year, I I kind of work better because then uh, dealing with nerves at big events around all your idols around all like it takes a level of like professionalism, yeah, and yeah. then you don't just get plopped out of two months of being at home and then just put in the in that lifestyle and it just all comes back to you it is muscle memory yeah and yeah. same with nerves and everything so to get plopped into a big moment um coming out of nothing i think that was one of the more more challenging things and then what i learned from it was um like visualization being current at the event being present and not getting nervous around certain people and it's kind of like a puppy dog like your dog yeah they they get to go for a walk they haven't been for a walk in two days and they run and they're pulling on the lead they're going nuts so i see the same or if you take your dog for a walk every day they're calm and they're used to it and there's a tree i'll have a sniff and they're calm and oh look there's um travis trying i'll have a talk to him yep cool so it's all smooth and i noticed these patterns how my dog reacted i love uh, flipping thoughts and flipping analogies but with the because yeah with how you take them out on a daily basis so then i seen those patterns in myself when i got to events and i'm like so i need to be the dog that cannot get walked for a week and then still be good on my lead so calm and be present in the interviews and not speed and just rush anyone um and just being present on all the conversations and um yeah, going with the speeds and, and then it's listening to yourself. It's a relationship you have with yourself. Now, when you get put on your, in front of these big ramps and it's go time and all the muscle memory is not there, it happens the same with all your fear, with your tricks, yeah, yeah. Um, your stunts, what you're trying to do, and your mind plays every trick it wants to on you. But when you start listening to your thoughts and being aware... Um, you can soak it in, talk to the thoughts. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then every bad thought that came into my head, I had a new method of like every bad thought or every fear or every, everything, it's your friend, it's your free awareness. Like it's a, it's a way of being focused. It's a way of tapping into being more focused than like how, more in the present kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's like imagine someone saying like, um, you're going you're driving and then the driving instructor says oh you didn't put your indicator on it so if there's a fear or an insecurity that's like the the the, the, the coach the master yeah. saying hey there's there's an there's a there's a like there's a part that you need to look out for right now yeah so it's like just keep looking for the answers and using it and flipping it and finding it as fuel and then um so yeah i found all that really um interesting but would so, you have would you have learned or like, would you have known that without this two-year break, though? Because I yeah, know that, like, yeah, you you got into, I know, like, you. It was cool when you were hanging out a lot with Alex and Cooper. I feel like that was yeah. probably like a, 
a really good push in the right direction of like the meditation stuff you got super into like breathing and ice bars um when you're like around those boys so i feel like all of those things you're talking about now kind of do come yeah. back to that you know like that two years yeah. where you kind of just got forced to chill in a sense yeah exactly right um so yeah all these slower speeds and all these covid years where it just felt so dull felt like nothing was ever going to get moving again that's what it yeah that's exactly what it taught me and then like you said with cooper and so like coming in like during covid i met cooper chapman um alex hayes like a few of them boys it was actually a bit before but i started really hanging out with them a lot more and man we'd go to their house and i'd stay there for a couple nights and we'd just be playing chess and just kind of doing meditation ice bath it was so new to me but like um, I hadn't had any friends or peers that had moved on those speeds yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And they were like the, the coolest, they, they are the coolest guys ever. Like, so it was so cool for me to hang out with people because I've always been like a bit of a go-go, gnarly, like just doing physical all the time and never slowing down reading or anything. Kind of like in an alpha channel sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and they yeah. made like playing a game of chess and reading was like so cool. And yeah. it was just, it was so refreshing. And it was also for me like oh i don't have time for that or this so i was always like that as a younger kid so um it really made me it really matured me a lot more and yeah. um yeah helped me process more and more stuff and it was just all these all these gifts that were getting given to me in this downtime and then it yeah taught me the speeds and then so when all the when it came into the triple everything happened really fast yeah yeah like all the speeds picked up really fast but then i met all the promises i made to myself with the meditation and every time i got like i'd be talking too much i'd be like oh my breathing's out i'm breathing too quick i'm getting jutted i feel like i don't have time to talk to anyone i just go into a room and i do a 10 minute breathing exercise like at the event over the weekend yes yeah, um and I'd fully reset 10 minutes. I got a Wim Hof one. I always share it on my Instagram story. It's just like 30, 30 breaths. And then you do a minute and a half breath hold. Yep, yep. And then, yeah. And then you let your air out, half a second breath hold, another 30 reps. And then you do that three times over. But on those breath holds, um, you, you see how long you can hold it for. And in that time, like you, you your hands go tingly. And yeah, like yeah, you get the yeah, sickest, yeah. sickest head spins, natural highs through breath holds. And it's like, it's like being, you know, when you wake up on a new day from a sleep, it's like getting plopped back into yeah, the room for yeah, the day. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh, and you walk out and you feel like it's a new day and you just dipped, up, dipped into the room for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, Have you ever met Dean Lucas? Uh... That name sounds really. He's been. Familiar. He does the podcast like once a year, but yeah. dude, you and him need to get together. Yes, like yeah. So that pretty much the only time I've done Wim Hof stuff is with him. Like the last time we did the podcast, he made us all lay down on the floor, but right before the show, and did like Wim Hof stuff before the like oh, he's sick. he's super into it. Like you when it's he so comes up here, man. yeah, you guys need to link up. It is so powerful. It blows my mind how powerful breathwork is. It does make sense, um, yeah. but like, man, even like with you and your jujitsu, like yeah. your breath is like the master of everything. Dude, the last time I did like a proper mushroom trip, like a like a heavy dose of like pretty much where you're just on the bed, basically, like you can't do anything else. I was just laying there, and uh, I I've actually. I've always had ADD, but I've never really like kind of. I just sort of put it in the back of me fucking mind. But it was like a thing I went through as a kid with like the psychiatrist and all that shit. 
And then one of the things I noticed because of Anna is like I just always hold my breath. Yeah, okay. Like, and I'll be doing something and like folding and I'm... And you're like, why am I angry? I'm literally holding my <laughs> breath and then I'll go... <sighs> She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like all, all... And it's so much through the day. And so anyway, I did the... The last time I did these mushrooms, I just was... All I was was breathing, but I was breathing like shit. And I'm going, dude, you actually don't even know how to breathe properly or like so much of the day you're not actually breathing the way that you should and it's fucking insane when you really stop to think about breathing properly breathing consistently not breathing into your chest and breathing down into your stomach essentially like it's insanely important and the average person and that's i'm the average person it's just not (laughs) something not something you think about at all and yeah. it's so fucking important and it, it's funny it was like a four <laughs> it, like a four hour mushroom trip of just thinking about breathing and i was having all these thoughts of like how fucked up the human body is that if you don't breathe yeah. for like a couple minutes you're dead yeah <laughs> and it's like that sounds like such a ridiculously simple thought to have but that's the reality of being fucking human like you start yeah. breathing it's over you don't breathe properly you don't live properly yeah it's it's a very interesting topic, and you know how people always say like the one percent changes. Yeah. So, and uh, surrendering the formula, I think, is just surrendering to so many things and always being open minded. But someone telling you how to breathe and do stuff, you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I don't need yeah, to listen yeah, to this yeah. dumb breath work. But if you surrender to it, it's so much more powerful. And it's it's the speeds like how you know, they say, however million thoughts you have a day. If your breath work controls those thoughts and if you're rushing and doing little puppy dog breaths and stuff, you're you're actually shutting your thoughts out. So like you're shutting and you're closing off those really good endorphins and thoughts. But if you give your brain the perfect amount of oxygen, it keeps your thoughts in process and then you're the mar- and then you're actually in control of your thoughts. So it like snowballs massively and it's when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. And until you start performing or you want to get the best out of your performance, you'll never really tap into it. Yeah. So this is another thing where I find um imagine the Kevin Hart or Kevin Hart or The Rock and they had their answer board and they're like, here's the answers, all my secrets. But I feel like unless you're actually hustling or working, those answers are useless. Yeah. So you got to be up to like, got to be keep working on yourself and keep unlocking levels. And then these answers, these formulas really help you. So with the breath, like with all these 1% like changes and being present and being focused, like you do really get crazy high results. Yeah. But you got to be so open-minded and be working on yourself for those answers to even be somewhat, like, useful, I think. Oh, dude, I completely agree. And there's been times, like, I started... Um, there's actually... This watch is pretty cool, um, the Garmin deal. It's got breathing exercises on it. Sick. And um, when I... It was the first time I travelled to, like, since COVID, when I went and I was in Bali, I had to do seven-day quarantine in Jakarta. And I remember getting in the the cab and it was just like fucking stressful. Like I had to land, I went through the thing, they did the COVID test and you're sitting in line and you got like this fucking, I got this visa that I just paid some random cunt to do. Like, you know, so I'm like, I don't even know if I've got the right paid fucking visa. Paid some random dude to do a visa for you. Well, like there's That's, no other way to do it. Like, yeah. the, you know, like there was this dude over there that like was doing visas to get into Jakarta to do the quarantine to then go to Bali. So I was just like fucking stressed and like all of the the physical, 
signs of anxiety were just fucking going off you know like just my body's alarm bells were just ringing like short breathing like feeling anxious like crazy just thoughts going and then i put the breathing thing on the watch and i don't know the exact thing but it's like a four second in five second out four second in for whatever it is and then it sort of times and then it like vibrates on your wrist when you do each one yep and i was Sick. physically i was so fucking worked up that i couldn't actually even do Dude. the four second in five seconds like that's how worked up i was but you can literally change your body's physiology just by breathing mm. and like real like like you said you go in for 10 minutes that wim hof stuff like there's nothing fucking hoodie guru about it like yeah. it just you just do it and it works and you either do it repeatedly and see the value in it or like you said you're not open-minded enough and then you don't do it yeah oh and then the next part is you know you said you like how you can't surrender to it because you're so stressed and you you're so focused on i need to get this passport or i'm not going to get out of the country how can i surrender to this breath work this is where ice bars ice kick bars. in because yeah, yeah. you, you have to yeah because you get in and you're cold and if you want to rush your breath do it but you're gonna get cramps your hands are gonna gas and then you have to get out at 30 seconds yeah so if you have when you get in the ice bath and you commit to the three minutes you have to control your breath and you don't have a choice um uh, like and you just have to surrender so it's not about like getting in the ice bath and oh I'm so tough I can do three minutes it's surrendering to your own mind to everything else you have going on and you're like I'm present with this so throwing I think throwing yourself in an ice bath on a like day to day basis or when you're not feeling it or you're not ready I think it's way beyond of actually getting in an ice bath it's a discipline For of sure, going bro. through because let's face it as adults as family people whatever it is you like some people like dads would wake up have to do all their kids their wife some guys have wives that don't do anything or it's the other way around the wife does it but anyways but some like for an individual they'll do such big tasks and then they got to go run a business all day phones going ding 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 and then they got to and then by the end of the day they might have a hobby that they want to do and then they go i don't have time i'm too stressed but, um, I feel like shit. Yeah, but then it's uh, the skill of shutting everything else off and then being present. Mm. And I think doing simple things like how you read a lot um, or surrendering to an ice bath, it's more just surrendering to eliminating everything else you have going on and then surrendering to, to that task. And I think that process, that transition is the most powerful thing an individual human will do. Yeah. And then, so it's, I think it's really focusing on the outcome and why you're doing it rather than just doing it because that's what that person does. Or Joe Rogan said that ice baths are good, so I'm going to go in there. I heard him say it on a podcast. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's, no, your why's wrong. Yeah. you got to yeah, know why yeah. you're doing it, and then yeah. everything makes sense. Um, and then understanding it. But, yeah, it's an, it's an Well, I think stuff. that that's, that's one of the good things about meditation. Um, so I use waking up, and it's one of the things that is repeated throughout that app on a almost a daily basis in the daily meditations is surrender yourself to these 10 minutes i do 20 sometimes Sick, for the 20 most. minutes is Dude, like but it's it feels a lot like, no it feels the exact same really i think so sometimes like, i do 20 and it'll feel like three hours and other times really? i do it and i'm like is it done Fuck. Wait, yeah well yeah that i mean that's that's cool then that that's the surrender like when yeah. it doesn't feel any any different um yeah but yeah like it's the constant theme is and i go into when i do it 
and I'm like, I'm okay with if I think and my, my brain's gone and, and I can't switch off, kind of like we're saying, I'm like fine with it. I just almost even surrender to the thoughts, not not try and have no thoughts, if that makes sense. Yeah. But it's like, the, you've just got these 10 minutes that you're doing and all of your problems will be the same. You're not going to fix anything in these 10 minutes. You're not going to, like, you're not going to be realistically any further in your life ahead in these 10 minutes by not surrendering to this. So yeah. you've probably got more chance of, like you said, coming out with that clarity, coming out with that mm. positive feeling, coming out with like a better energy by surrendering. So it's just like, just let go for 10 minutes. And I think it's that repetition constantly of just like doing it every single day. And I think like the the same thing, I think probably jujitsu is my thing that's like the hardest for me to do, especially at the moment. Like I go through phases where I'm doing it every single day and my body's feeling good and I'm not getting sore from it. I don't have any injuries that are holding me up like and it becomes easy. Mm. And then I'm in the period right now where it's like hard for me to do. Like for me to do it three times a week at the moment is just like a fucking monumental task with like work, injuries, like life, fucking all the shit that's going on. And it is exactly what you said. It's like you've had this crazy busy day you're not feeling good mm. you've got a bit of an injury i'm not gonna roll that hard i'm, I'm not gonna be able to roll hard i'm probably gonna get bashed i got a fucking niggling injury i don't want to make it work like it's just this constant fucking head noise and yeah. again it's like if you just surrender like you're saying like the the thing that gets me there is what you said surrendering and just yeah. going whatever happens it's fine yeah i'm just going to jujitsu if i get fucked and if i get fucking bashed i get bashed if mm. i do good I do good. If I roll all the rolls, good. If I don't roll all the rolls, fine. It's just a matter of like just showing up, surrendering to that moment. And like you very rarely feel worse off for doing it. And I, I bet that's the same for the ice bath. That's something I haven't conquered yet. But it's like no matter what pushback and what resistance you're facing before you do it, if you do do it, no matter the discomfort, you very rarely would feel bad at the end of it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And I think what you were just talking about is showing up. So, yeah. show, like, and it's hard because some days you're not going to be at your full potential and a lot of people go, I'm not going to be as good as I was the last session. Yeah. So they build this image for themselves. Which is your ego. Then, yeah. And then, and, then you, and then you don't want to let, like, the people in the class down or yeah. yourself down because I'm not going to be as good as myself last session. And when you were talking about, like, with the surrendering part there, I think showing up is so important because you do have your good and bad days, but it's so important when you go on your most drained day and knowing how your body reacts when you're fully wrecked because the chances are that's when you get to comps and stuff. Yeah. It's not on your time. It's not how you want things to run. Yeah. And the chances are you are going to be feeling the worst you've felt and that's how you're going to compete. Yeah. So I think that makes... So like going in on your worst tired days are actually the best days to train. That's probably a good point. Yeah, because then you learn how your body works when it's fully ran down and mm. not at its highest. And, and and yeah, that's how it usually is at comps. You run down, you jet lag, stuff doesn't work out how you want. You might have a crash in practice, or um, you might get uh, might have a bad yeah whatever you're doing when you're warming up. So, um, yeah, like what you said, showing up, surrendering, and then just but it's so hard because 
You also don't want to like ruin your confidence. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to like go in there and go, I'm not There's feeling too be good. A balance. And then get freaking pumped by yeah. some dude yeah, that you yeah. probably could have had covered if you put a little bit more thoughts into your roles or your moves or your riding or whatever it might be. Or for us, um, we do such gnarly tricks on our dirt bikes. So at what point can you go for a ride? Or oh, the film is coming down. All these cool people are going to be there watching. Oh, but I'm not going to ride at my best today. So then you create this image for yourself and then you might try too hard when you're not feeling it and then you end up having a crash um, or you just surrender and just go have a normal doozy ride and don't care and stay true to yourself yeah. so it's like all this crazy journey that you learn when you see the highest professionals in their sport you see on like their image on their social media everything that they're just these high class athletes so high performance all the time but I think it's so important to show up and, and, and have like average days yeah. have as many average days as you can if you're a so like a soccer player whatever it is have as many average days because then that's like your slab for your house yeah yeah the yeah. more average days you can have and you go there that's just you're just building your slab that's like your norm now it's your muscle memory so like going riding at the compound like just go and do as many straight flips and just straight jumps have yeah, laughs yeah. Dude. Foundation yeah. Work. yeah and just because that's your slab like when I was working into the triple, like I did have jacked ribs and I was really sore and um, I was very short for time. I had to be so smart how I rode. But what I did was I just floated so many double flips and that was my slab. Like I found the all the spots in the lip. I found where it's going to go. I yeah, found where yeah, I powered yeah. into the lip. Like, and I just found all the spots in the lip by doing heaps of doubles. So when I sat in for a triple, they were going to be somewhat consistent because I knew the spots in the ramp and just really built my slab. Yeah. Um, not skipping steps either. Like, yeah, yeah. I am known for skipping steps and <laughs> licking the stamp. I do love doing that. But, um, long as if you are going to skip steps, be aware that you've skipped it. And don't, yeah, don't yeah. just think that, oh, I got away with it that time. It should work like that every time. Like still have the formula <laughs> in the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, well, I want to well, I want to spend like a bunch of time on the triple, but I think like this, some of the stuff you're talking about is probably what almost like led you like into it, you know? Because I think especially uh, being there and watching it live and really seeing... Like, you could see the demons oh, before yeah. you were doing it, you know? And it was, fuck, like, I haven't been that nervous in a long time. And I was nervous because Crazy. of how nervous you were. And it's like, maybe not nervous, I guess it was nervous, but there's there's a real level of demons that you were, were battling on that day to get mentally ready to do and pull the trigger on, you know, what you are going to do. And I think that so much of these last few years has led you up to just being able to three weeks commit to doing a triple flip and then mm. pull it off on you know the biggest stage in the world mm. yeah definitely um i always had the vision that i wanted to get it done when i re so at x games i broke my ribs and tore some cartilage um in the side of on my side um but then i after I came back to Australia. The pain was like it hurt, but I kept charging, pushing through. Yeah. I got uh, two weeks after I did it, I ended up riding um, Brisbane Echo for Airtime FMX. 
Um, did a week's worth of shows there. Got through it. It was very painful. It just felt like I had really bad stitches and just everything yeah, was yeah. seized up in the side of my um, body. And then what I didn't realize was half the muscles in my back were switching off. Now, I just go for a cycle or a jog. I actually didn't have a car at the time. So I was cycling everywhere for a month. And I thought every time I cycled, I was just flushing it out. But the muscles were just kind of switched off and I were, they were turning back on when I was going cycling, but then they just kind of locked back up. Yeah, And then... All the muscles down one side of my back became like discombobulated. My physio told me that word. <laughs> um, where they just, they get that jacked up, they switch off and then they go to the next muscles and they overwork those ones, jack up, switch, switch off. off. Yeah, till you, and then you have half a back that's locked up and then you got to try a weight a week, ice bath it out, whatever it is. But what I didn't realize was that nothing was healing, nothing was actually working properly. And coming from so many injuries, like you do build a high pain threshold. threshold. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And with that, they were that locked. Two months after I did the injury, I ended up re-breaking two new... I broke broke two ribs in two new spots just Just because of the pressure that was on them. Yeah, how jacked they were. And then I released every three days of releasing... Um, Who I, did that for you, physio? I went to, I got like two days in a row, this really strong massage dude that just can just really get stuff Who's out. Who's that? Um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember. Send it to me later because yeah. I'm fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I got his contact. I found him just randomly as well. Dude, how good's that? Uh, and he's a mountain bike rider. He's like 40 or 50 years old and he just like has... Where's he at? Um, in Mermaid. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember his name. I feel bad. Try to remember. <laughs> we'll shout him out if you can remember. Um, and so he released everything really good. I went to my physio after those two days we were releasing. She was like, holy crap, Harry. How are you breathing? How are you walking? How are you just standing? How did you just walk into my office? If any of my clients had a back like this, they would just go to the hospital or like they'd be choked. How do you, how can you think clearly? I'm like, well, like I just thought that there was just, I just had a really jacked back and I was aware of the pain, but I had so much momentum from X Games and so much like training and then to have You're the crash. off that medal. Yeah. Well, no, sorry. I crashed at X Games this oh, year and DNF. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, my crash yeah. happened in my first freestyle run. Yeah, yeah. That was massive too. Yeah, it sucked. Um, Is that on your Instagram? Yeah. I want to watch that. We'll, pull, pull it up. Yeah, Let's we'll play it. It, it was a good one. It. Was, it was, um, my hand blew off on the up ramp and it was crazy because cause it was so right. hot. It was crazy because it was so hot. It was 40 degree heat and we we're rolling in and... um. I had a really good run going. Like, I was feeling good. And I was trying... I promised myself I'd stay calm and things like that. Um, and I... Our steering stabilizers weren't working because it was so hot. Really? The oil, the was, oil was cooking. Yo, they get that hot, man. It's like you have it on the hard as it can go and you just can turn the bars still. Now, when you're doing rock solid backflips, letting the bike go upside down, you need the bars <laughs> to stay straight. Yeah. I'm doing a double flip, one hand knack. Like That must be it there, So right? many tricks in my run that is so steering stabilizer yeah um so you can see how my hand just blew off yeah why did it um so what uh the the steering stabilizers weren't working and then we had mine on the esky um or like ice on it um yeah just undercooked it dude honestly though that hit when i watched sucked when i watched that separated shoulder (laughs) when i watched that though play it again griff this is you in a nutshell. Like when I saw this crash, that's fucking death. 
<laughs> for so many other people. Uh, like, that's not on a that's not on a nice cushy landing. Like that's just straight that up concrete that yeah. dirt. Like it doesn't look it, but that is like literally concrete that dirt. How well how hard it's compacted. For you to save your life in that circumstance was so out of control. And that's the sort of shit that it seems like a lot of other people I don't know whether they don't have the athleticism, they don't have like the awareness in in the moment, but like if that happened to a lot of other people, they're really fucked up as a result <laughs> of that crash. Yeah, well, I think um, so many people said to me like, "What you grab back on? Why did you try to get back on the bike?" Like now you're pulling for. I was going for a ruler backflip. So what happened? I came around the corner before it, and our stabilizers weren't working. Now, before I'm um, right before my run, we had this steering stabilizer off in the esky. I mean, in the um, Monster Energy tub of ice. And we pulled it out and it was so cold. Usually by the time I got to that corner in the course, my dampener was blown out. It's so hot. It was still working on this corner way more than I thought it was going to. I just landed my double flip combo, like one hand knack. And I felt good coming to the corner. I was so calm. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to come around the corner. And I just went to like come up and line up this corner, line, get a straight line. And as I went to just steer, just lean the bike in, the stabilizer was on so stiff and it just fought it. I'm like, oh no, it's not going. So I got on the back brake to steer it in and I'm like, eh, eh, like trying to get the bike straight and I'm just steering it with the back brake like in any little steering I had. But if I try too hard to, with a steering stabilizer on and you try turn. It'll be like yeah, that. Yeah, you're like yeah. that to try to get it back. And then you come into the ramp and you get sways and you're like, Rah. and then you got to, as soon as you dump that power, if you're slightly off, you're shooting off in that other direction. So it's so important to like, I'm like, that's right, just, it's right. And I'm steering at the back brake. I'm like, stay calm. Got the bike straight, pinned it for my ruler flip. But um, with the next gen, that's the Levi ramp, oh, the yeah. next generation ramp. It's about a meter taller than all the other ramps on that course. So having that extra meter, I just dumped it and I thought I was at the top of like somewhat near the top of the lip and I just went to reef for a ruler flip. I do ruler flips in my sleep at the compound. Like, no, like it's a... It's a gnarly trick, but I can I yeah, can do yeah. it like first, second jump of the day kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I pinned it, went to just reef for a big ruler flip, and I pulled a little bit too early. And if you pull too early, oh, on because ramps, the ramps are meter higher. And I just pulled, and it wasn't enough to for the bike, the suspension to go through the lip and release nice. My hand blew off, and then it was my throttle hand also. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then I've got one hand, and then um. I just, I knew at this stage, I was like, most riders would just throw the bike away and jump off. But um, I've actually had it happen to me a fair few times before when I do a rock solid backflip. I pull really hard and I go to go to the seat and I've missed it a few times, just being too young and sandy and impatient. And and I miss it and I grab back onto the bars and it's anywhere I can get and I find my head or my chest to the front mudguard and reef myself back on. I've done that like four four times in my career and I've gotten away with it. It's very rare. There's a few riders that have... um, that do it, that have done it, but not many. And um, yeah, I'd done it like four times. So it was like kind of, so I just, and I, when the hand came off, I just was like, it's all good to stay calm, find something to grab onto and then get your way back on. And I, I thought I was going to land that. And once I got my chest on the front mudguard, coming back around, all as I had in my head was when you land, click third gear and hit that 120 ramp. Cause there's a hundred, yeah. yeah, 110 ramp straight after. 
That's so savage. Um, and I was going to do a heel click at a super flip straight after. So my levers are still half. I'm like, just find third gear and just pin it at that ramp and just reef. It'd be sweet. So I thought I was going to happen and then I come around and then it just got me and then threw me into the ground and then... I was just angry and disappointed at that point. It was um, it was very disappointing to all the work that goes into getting to America, staying like getting used to all the jet getting lag your bikes and there. yeah, and X Games. You wait all year, and it's we're not having many events. Um, this I had a three year contract with Monster. That's my it was my last year, so I like wanted to do, oh the contract, and then I'm like I wanted to like do good and just not let the team down. You know, we've had COVID. I, like, I did get a medal the year before, but, like, I wanted to keep the play state going for them. So, I kind of probably... I'm a bit hard on myself for that stuff also. But that's just I remember all, you were tripping on that. Yeah, all the things. I just, I just love delivering. I just love yeah. doing my job. Like, if you don't... Like, I'm grateful for the positions we have, but just do your fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. just, yeah. So, um... Yeah, I just so that's why I'm always hard on myself, and I just it's which good. I think you'd rather be hard on yourself than soft then on not, yourself. Though. Yeah, and I like. But I, there's like diminishing returns, and you probably should have just had a combo with the monster guys instead <laughs> before. The, nah, it's good. They, they they're super cool. They tell me I'm good. Yeah, because like, they, they were like they, they love me. telling you like, what are you fucking talking about? You're fine. Yeah, they love me, but I just I just love um. I love thinking like that. It's the best way to think. And yeah. well, it's, it's just a hit of reality. I, I don't. I never. My biggest fear is like kind of being delusional and True. not not um being not facing reality. But yeah. So then um, so then I was so bummed to DNF, and then I went in the hospital. I ended up flying. They ended up flying me in a helicopter because they didn't. I was in a oh, lot of pain. Yeah, I actually yeah. started bursting into tears on the on like in the medical room because I just was in so much pain and it was just hurting so much and I didn't know what was going on inside and I was trying to sit up and it was just like I had knives in my back Yeah. and I was just trying to move and anything I did was just like there was a knife in yeah, my back yeah. so I was like and then they flew me to the hospital and then they got checked. Um, so you had all that play that one more time Griff for me so you you had time to think about all that shit in the e- air eh? everything's slow-mo yeah I was like it's all good just find something to grab onto and I grabbed the front brake there and see how it That's, locks the front brake yeah yeah that, that probably killed, killed the momentum eh? that killed a lot of my rotation I would have probably landed that sweet if I just grabbed onto next to the front brake somewhere yeah like, just if I didn't get the front brake how long did that moment feel like in um, the air it didn't I felt in control it looked like I was out of control but I felt I was like it's fine just find just find something to grab onto and then find your way back to the bike now you see my Dude, hands here they were on the my both my leg. hands were on the wrong side of the flip levers yeah so I don't know how it's, both my hands slipped around to the wrong side of the flip levers so if they were down I possibly could have maybe gotten back on um, do you reckon you could fuck the front brake off? Because it feels like the front brakes uh, is probably not really the move in freestyle. Like uh, to grab it like that, because that just fully, you watch your bike just stop as soon as that front brake. It's yeah. like, and we're not moving anymore. So obviously the guys that do front flips need them. Yeah, use that. Um, but front brake, um, you use it to reset yourself coming into a jump, yeah, like yeah. for your speeds. Yeah. Use it to stop, reset, True. go. And when you land, 
we come sometimes we get out of control on landings like front front brakes does 80 percent of your braking. yeah i wonder if you could like make a real short lever or something well i actually do have a trim down lever on that yeah, one okay. i just happened to grab it yeah and that's then, just yeah yeah but i have a trim down lever and went on my triple backflip bike there i was took none, yeah eh? i took yeah, the front yeah, brake yeah, off and yeah. did all that but it was funny because like i ride into the ramp and i just drag the back i'm like yeah. come to stop and then go so it's like it's funny watching a back brake like slide into the jump because usually we are just using our front brakes to set and i use the front brake also to like reset where i want to have my grip on the handlebars yeah so when i was doing the triple i visualized a lot like where i'm going to grip the bike without yeah. having to set off the front brake yeah um yeah that's interesting yeah because yeah, with yeah when we're doing like when you're pulling for doubles or triples it's really important to have your hand wrapped around the throttle yeah so that's that why you see it's coming it. in chicken wing because when we pull back if yeah. you don't have your hand wrapped around properly you'll pull back and not grab all the throttle and, yeah, yeah yeah well that's like toby when you see toby at fink man he literally just reaches all the way around the throttle <laughs> like this and just holds a cunt on the stopper and then it just goes oh, oh that's insane hearing that come white. from a racer dude just like it's literally pinned. just grabs the the whole thing so that so he's full throttle and his arms are just level yeah wow. like it's mental dude wow that's crazy so anyway they take you to hospital yeah i did that and i was like i'm still gonna make best trick i'm gonna go there because i would have got i think i figured out i would have got second if i just went and did that exact trick with my double flip one hand knack who won uh rob outerberg won with the for best trick with the front flip over the 110 yep yep fuck that's gnarly bro yeah, and then Sheeny did a big double flip no-hander, which would have been like close between Sheeny and I. With and then Luke Ackerman got third place with a double flip knack knack. So it was like, oh So man. you would have been on the box. Yeah, and I was just like kind of bummed because I just did that exact trick in my freestyle run and if the events were the other way around. But yeah, freestyle yeah. is gnarly. Like it's so gnarly to put together all the runs and everything. Um. But yeah, it would have been nice to get a finish on one of them. See, uh, X Games just got bought by someone. Like, it's just been bought and sold, so... Yeah, I did hear rumours about that when I was there. Um, but yeah. Oh, at that one? Yeah. Um, yeah when I was at X Games, I heard rumours of X... Yeah. I heard rumours that it was going to be in a stadium this year. Or else, I mean, next year. Yeah, that dude. It'll be sick. Like, I've, how do you think about X Games the last few years? Like, has it been... Obviously, like, super challenging with COVID. Yeah. But, like, even before COVID, do you think that X Games was sort of, like, trending down and, like, a new sale will, like, help it come back up? Or, like, how do you feel about it overall? Mm, um, when X Games was in Minneapolis big aircon stadium it was sick it was pretty successful um obviously they need to keep mixing up the venues because otherwise it's the same course every year yeah and yeah. people get like just it's the same and it's repetitive so i think it's really important for them to keep mixing it up but it is very challenging to find those good venues good events um i think them having it at Slayground this year was just they came they were coming out of COVID the year before so they got away with doing it at Slayground and Slayground is an amazing course it is so sick the like it's one of, it's the best course I think I've ever ridden ever like as far as freestyle goes but it being in a like it's like an hour and a half away from my most popular cities or whatnot um no crowd uh, yeah and then just being yeah like not having aircon at the venue and be, picking the hot picking the hottest time of the year um next like what's x games without a crowd and then 
Like it's the sickest venue, like it's the sickest course and just everything. But to do it in summer without aircon and fuck, listen to me suck about the aircon so much. Yeah, but, um, well, but when your steering dampener's melting and yeah, like you can't, well, yes. well, there's just like some exactly that, that needs to be a thing. You know? Exactly right. Yeah, so it's just those little things to put in equation. Um, but yeah, I think and then going into this year, they kind of ran off the the, the same excuses they had probably yeah, the year yeah. before with like not go. I don't know. I at least they're doing stuff like yeah, yeah. For we in action sports, it is hard times. So I just love anything that's happening or being done. I love. I'm grateful for. Um, yeah, it would be nice to see it back to normality have some crowds like yeah just yeah. get the vibes going it's hard to mentally prepare yourself and get it all gnarly and do gnarly stuff when it's just like yeah a backyard session kind of correct yeah. yeah 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 well i think it'll be cool too like just i remember x games as a kid being like the thing that was the one year one time of the year where it was actually you, you know wade hunter yeah yeah we used to go to his house because he had espn so like we used to literally get up in the morning before school and ride our pushies to wade hunter's house to try and watch x games or catch replay like it was such a a massive deal to us culturally it was so important and it feels like in the last few years it hasn't been as important and i feel like there's some crazy good stories to tell and there's like Mm. insane athletes and i can't remember who the the name of the group that bought it or maybe look that up griff like the group that bought um or like espn uh x games sale or whatever but like imagine if they go kind of usc style and start doing like sick docos on the riders and like almost like you you know how they do like ufc countdowns and like the vlogs oh dude imagine the dope storylines like raha versus uh hodges you know all of the different storylines that you could put in into like i'm just thinking moto but then you've got like skate bmx is crazy like there's mm. just so much cool shit um there you go x games yeah um, get in more on their stories and see what's involved cause yeah yeah a yeah because that's think, what people care about and i think there's a really cool piece that just came out that nitro circus did of the triple flip yeah, story yep yep with um like it just shows how sheeny did the triple and then how it got led into jo coming through and all the work that jo did over the years um, and the testing and the big ramp stuff and the injuries and then everything and then the way for it to all puzzle together. Um, and then at the end, um, how we're at like 50, 60 compound and then we do like how we're working with the airbag and then um, figure out this, this steeper ramp and then I come into the picture and things like that. But I think for me watching that, um, I always try to view everything as a third perspective and not try and just see stuff from my yeah, corner. Yeah. Um, but looking over overall, I think it was really um, a cool story and I'm most proud of it. The way that we connected together as athletes. To uh, like bring a gold yeah, about. And even though we had the same trick, the same thing, we're trying to do the same thing at the stadium where it was like we're going to steal each other's thunder. I think it was like really cool the way the how the piece was done, where how we connected and were bigger than the bigger than that, just about rather than just yeah, being anchored yeah, on yeah. your own 
your own opinion. And to me, I think that is the most proudest part of that whole, one of my most proudest parts of this whole journey was the way we connected together with our egos and everything. And then for another, any other athletes from like professional surf, snow, whatever it is, fighters, everything, they're all going to watch that. And they, I think they're going to relate to that story of how we connected together on a big gnarly project rather than just the project itself. Yeah, I yeah. think that has a lot stronger meaning and message and everything for the future to work together, work with your friends, find your buddy that you're competing against and work with him. Who cares who wins? Yeah. Work together and grow it together. Yeah. Another analogy I like that I like looking at is imagine all the professional NRL players looking at action sports and there's five of us left. And then why are they fighting against each other? Yeah, yeah, what the yeah. Fuck? There's five dudes left in the sport. Why are they fighting? Why aren't they working together and hanging on to their last or like hanging on to what's left of the yeah, sport yeah. and growing that more and setting an example for the next generation coming through rather than going, oh, I want a gold medal, I want to win, I don't, I need to keep everything a secret. Um, like, and then oh, I just need to train by myself and isolate myself and yeah. so I can come out and win. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a lonely journey for you to do that. You've got to work harder. And then the ceiling's probably a little bit lower for what you can yeah. actually achieve. So it's like looking at the bigger picture, more long-term stuff. And like, hey, at the end of the day, like money is a see-through illusion to a certain extent. Yeah. Once you get to a certain extent, it's just just all about your why and why you're doing things. And that's what's going to keep you around for longer. If, you, if, you, if your why is capped on a dollar sign, it's um, it's not... I think it's it's not going to be correct and then you're going to have a short-lived career. You might get crazy good results, yeah. but your career is not going to be... Might be because you want to keep making money, but the passion and everything There's else... There's got to be like a bigger purpose. And a lot a of lot times too... meaning, I think. Yeah, and a lot of times money is just a byproduct of doing something. And like, I mean, I think about in my own... In my own uh example my own journey like i've never really focused on money with the podcast like i yeah, focus on money to the extent where i have two people to pay every single week and i've got rent and i've got like all of these things that i have to do to keep the ball rolling but i've always looked at this as like if i just do the best job that i can if i just make the best podcast that i can then at some point someone will pay me for it mm. and it's like it could be it could be like a multi-million dollar thing where like one day you sign one contract that's worth millions of dollars mm -hmm. and then it's like then it pays for the grind and it yeah. pays for the process instead of focusing on that like you said that short term like get the money in the moment and then you can poison the well in yeah. a sense because you know you've you haven't focused on like the correct why like the correct why for me is to make the best product that i can for the people that like to listen to it you yep. know not it's not about me it's not about my bank account and then if you do that those other things just take care of themselves and it's like you you focus on doing the best trick in the best way that you can on a certain night and then if, if you pull that off then you do get money then you do get like the all of the things that all of the things then come from doing that one thing right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Jim Carrey set a really good example of it. Um, one evening, whatever, he drove up to his lookout area and he was looking over the city, looking at all the lights at night, and 
he made like a promise to himself, something like, oh, this city's going to be mine one day. And he wrote himself a 10, $10 million or $20 yeah, million yeah. Dollar check yeah, yeah. and put it in his wallet and dated it. And he like, it was in like five years time yeah. or something. And then five years later, he got the Dumb and Dumber contract and it was the exact $10 million that he wrote himself for. But he promised himself and he believed that it was his from the five years before. Um, and then he just stayed true and loyal to himself and never gave up. Yeah. So um, that's a lot of visualization. But um, I think it's more just that going a bit off topic with your why, but just having your why, he knew his why was correct. Yeah. And then he believed in himself and he set a vision and he, and every day he thanked like, thanked that it was going to happen and he yeah. thanked in advance yeah um i did that with the triple I, I i already visioned myself landing it it's already done i just got to do the work and then i just had to keep, keep staying present and focused and thank and i because obviously and before doing it it was very daunting to know what i wanted to get done in such a short period of time and it was so easy to crumble so I did lots of breathwork meditation. I thanked myself in advance it was going to happen. And I just did all the research I could and um, modified the hell out of my bike. I did so... I think like maybe... Well, I was in a, a lot of the getting the triple done. My bike setup had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, but it was also the years of testing and training and knowledge and just messing with so many, so much random different stuff. Me going to the two-stroke and having like a full off year on a two-stroke, just trying to figure out all these different setups. I messed with a lot of different bike settings, but then I did move that all into the four-stroke. Yeah. And everything just came together at the end. But um. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah. If your wise right, you can, you have unlimited fuel to do anything. So let's just let's go deep into the <clears throat> into the triple then. Yeah. So when did you decide that you were going to do it? How many weeks was that before the event itself? Yep. So when I finished, uh, when I was at X Games, I had the crash and everything, and then we were staying at um, Robbie Madison's place, and we were just sitting on the couch and. I was kind of a bit banged up and I was sitting with Jacko Strong. He also, he just broke his foot also at X Games. Um, and we were just kind of talking about stuff and talking about World Games coming up. And I was like, I want to I do the triple and want to figure out how to do it. And we're talking about ramps, how we could get it into the stadium and things like that. It was a hot topic. Um, and then when I, you know, I said like when I got back, I went and did those shows and I tried to keep all my momentum from X Games. Yeah. And I was like trying try, thinking that I could train through the injury and and then um, I, everything would heal and I'm get, I'm moving for the, for the triple. Um, I didn't really tell anyone that like everyone knew that I wanted to do it, but I wasn't walking around like I'm going to do a triple flip. I want to do it. Yeah, I yeah. really kept it to myself. I just wanted because I felt like if... I projected the energy before it happening. It was like it kills it You're kills given, the energy. Giving something away, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it just yeah. kills it. It haunts you. So I think if you want to do it's like saying if you're gonna do something, do it. Don't yeah. use your words. Yeah. And as a younger kid, I used to try and always tell everyone my vision same, and if I couldn't convince them, I couldn't convince myself. A hundred percent. So and that's what my confidence revolved yeah, yeah. off. Um, so it was so strange for me to go okay so I like not strange so when did you flip that script then on yourself because I can relate to that so yeah, much yeah I bro. still I still do it man I'm still because so many of my peers so many of my idols like yeah. I respect I looked up to my whole life yeah. I still go oh I'm going to convince him but what I don't realise is 
I might be outgrowing them in a non-cocky ego way, but the reality is, or they have a different vision. It's not that I'm outgrowing them or uh, they have any less knowledge or I have more knowledge or nothing like that. You're just on your own journey. Correct. And they're on their own journey. So this is a part where it really kind of confused me because how to treat people and not how to be rude to people because but the reality is they just have a different journey and they're not supporting your journey but it's like so many people might be thinking in their head i'm creating an opportunity for this guy and in your head you're going i want to do something new that no one's ever seen before and he's not he's not supporting me but he's and then in their head they might be like i'm creating opportunities and he keeps trying to conquer the world, like. But it's just their own, everyone's on their own journeys, and I think it's so important to understand that and f- like really understanding the processes with people and manipulation and people always. So many people go cold on each other, and there's little random arguments and stuff. But it's just really understanding that the journey that they're on and the journey that you're on, and when they do collide, like be very polite and don't. Don't cut any bridges short because it's just, it's really understanding one another's journey. So well, I think, for me- Sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, I think man. To, just to add to that, because uh, I've been thinking about a, a similar thing lately. I don't know if it will like, resonate with you, but everything like if you say to if any conversation that you have to someone like there's a sense of ego that's involved in that and not ego is in like you love yourself i'm better than anyone else just purely like your own self image that's like your ego and so you can talk to people and it, it comes from your ego and there's people that that you sort of talk to and you want a response from them that then feeds back to your ego so you're not talking to people to to really talk to that person it's not like a real genuine conversation it's your ego bouncing to them to then get something back to your ego and you end up you want to play like this tennis match that then like constantly elevates like it elevates your own ego and then i think that when you can get pissed off at someone is when you give them something and like how many times will you talk to someone and you'll be like oh yeah fucking how's your day oh i got this going you start telling them their problems and then they just tell you their problems back and then you're like fuck bro like can you just fucking stay with me on this for a second we're having a problem off yeah 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 but it's like that's your ego wanting to then you're 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 chasing something like you're fishing for a feeling and you don't really want to have a conversation and i'm guilty this i'm not saying i never do like me and and sammy do it all the time where it's just like i'll say my problem and i want him to indulge me yeah you know like i just put and again it's like i don't want to i don't want his ego back i want him to just keep working with my ego so that's where that disconnect comes from with people and i think that it's just like that simple concept of like understanding like what you want out of saying something to somebody mm-hmm. like is this just your ego wanting to play that tennis match to it's almost like you're having a conversation with yourself so that you, like you want mm-hmm. to get somewhere and i think like being in a relationship with someone is the or any relationship but i think like when you're living with someone and you're like you're having that kind of relationship you've just got to be so careful as to like what's your ego just looking for an answer to its own problems in a sense you know and then how many real legitimate conversations are you having and i think that's probably like i was the person and especially like when i started this podcast i was telling everyone what i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do and i and i've got a few people that now 
they know my plans like i will say that but even now i'm still just like fuck it sounds shit like i went to lunch with julian wilson and i've got some things coming up like in the next few weeks that are big mm-hmm. and i just spent the whole lunchtime fucking telling him what i'm gonna do and i left there feeling like shit because of it you know and it's like he asked and he he like wanted to know but that and was then, just purely for me you know you what i mean it, what, that wasn't a real conversation and you can nearly let your motivation to all your ideas and your vision yeah. on your projects revolt because you've just talked to a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. And then you can somewhat, if he could, might just not be on that day. He might just be extremely worn out. He might be running off four hours sleep. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then and you he don't might get that response not back. Have put yeah. all his energy into that, and then you're like, mm, maybe my ideas weren't that good. Yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. And then you don't follow through with those ideas, and then a year later you see someone else do it and you're like what the didn't yeah, I stay yeah, true to yeah, myself yeah. and so and you can only that can only happen so many times where you figure out this formula and that's how I kind of felt leading in with this triple like I really wanted to do it but you I just know save the, the energy louder, for yourself and yeah. the louder I got with it I knew the more it wasn't going to happen and I started telling close peers close freestyle friends everything and that was it was just so far beyond something that it was just they like it was just uh, it was just such a strong passion of mine and I knew and then I started figuring out that I had to shut off and just really trust believing all my formulas reflect journal listen and then just to get some momentum now coming off this formula I actually went through I'm so glad I didn't have a relationship or anything going on this time um, I leading into the triple or that whole when I redid my ribs and everything even before I was so focused on what I was doing every time someone tried to talk to me or ask me what was going on I would say oh I'm just doing this training or I'm doing this and then they started questioning what I was doing and now I'm talking like close family ever like closest peers in my life um and i what, like saying like what are you training for like uh, what are you I t- oh they just they 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 they'd question what i was doing and then make me feel like i was maybe not doing the right thing but i'd get off the phone and i'd spend half a day wasting my thoughts of thinking inside their head how i can make yeah, it yeah. make sense to them and because these are people that i talk to on a day-to-day basis on the phone like like they're close people to me in my life and i know i got to a point a month before i know i literally shut out every close person i had in my life like literally and it was just me and my brain just to be on my own more and create a new reality in my head of just meditating slowing down ice bath now i'd still talk to people on a day-to-day basis i'd be around i'm around people all the time but like really close people i had or any chicks that i was kind of hanging out with like just everything just went out the window and it was just me and myself for this time period just so i was on top of my thoughts and then um lots of breath work and it took a lot it was a whole month of visualizing because when i come into that one week of riding where i had to learn the triple it's not oh i took a big hit oh, i need to have a go home and have a rest i have one ride to get this triple done and my body's going to be jacked for uh, like three four days after and i'm gonna have to ice bath rest and then i'm gonna have to visualize my next ride and i've only got like two of these rides kind of thing and then i gotta be smart and fully rested coming into world games because when i get to world games it was a four day it's a four day event thursday friday saturday sunday 
Um, and I was in freestyle as well. And me being me, I can't say no to things. I was competing in freestyle and doing the triple, two completely different bike setups. I had a lot going on. Um, but all the training that I had when I was on the bike, I was just learning the triple. I didn't even get time to freestyle ride or anything. I was just going to go off all the, all the training I'd done coming into X Games three months ago and rely that I still had it and just believe in myself. But, um, but I spent so much time like talking to people or trying to convince ideas and things. And it just made me feel like a idiot i'd get yeah. off the phone i'd be like i tell them about my bike setup like what i'm doing and my test so when i was testing like i did when i had my broken ribs i was doing going out to the compound and doing heaps of testing on the ground and run-ups and i was just doing so much testing how fast my bike reacted throttle response changing gearing um ignition i did so much mucking around and just thought of every little thing i possibly could have like i mean look at my bike and it kind of says it for itself but shaves so much weight off it um i've um i've actually so but anyways i was going back to the peers and i just every time i talk to someone i just felt like i second guess myself yeah 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 and i just was like I'm just, and yeah. I got to a point where I'm like, it's just me, myself, and I. I'm like, because no one's going to do the triple flip for you. Yeah, and I'm like, everything I do from now is just a relationship I have with myself. Yeah. Um, and then reached out to Daniel McFarlane. He's a yep, yep. legend, mechanic, mechanic G yeah. mechanic, brains, yeah, brains. Yeah. Reached out to him, told him my vision, and he was on my page. First person I spoke to. Um, first person had done anything and I told him everything I told him what I wanted to do and he literally like was the only closest person I had in my life that I'd go to him tell him ideas he'd give me his knowledge feedback straight answers no bullshit just straight to the point and I'd be, I was driving to and from his house for like I did it like for two weeks like every second day kind of thing just we'd change apart come back give him feedback change stuff change stuff um and it was just, I think that's where the triple flip kind of happened for me. Yeah. Just doing all that stuff, like all that homework beforehand. Um, man, we were doing, we tested so many things. Now, when I got back from America with my broken ribs, um, my previous mechanic before, I had both, oh, my, yeah. both my dirt bikes in there. I just got one dirt bike. Um, I bought it from um, Brisbane KDM. And I wheeled it into his shop, didn't even get to start it. And I said, hey, can you do the suspension on this bike? And he just rebuilt my other bike with, I was like 50 hours on it. And he just did the top end because I just wanted a fresh bike for when I got back. Um, so he just did the top end, suspension, got, a, got it all set. Um, like the day I get back from America, I see there's a big fire in Burley. And my housemate goes, oh, look at this fire, this mechanics workshop. Like, dude, lucky your bikes weren't in there. It's right near where... Like, and I don't want to say the names, but anyways, um, right near where the workshop is. And I'm like, ah, that's my, that's my, that's, that's my box. That, they're my box. Yeah. That's the workshop where my box <sighs> are. I just kind of like looked at him and laughed. He's like, well, you don't even care. I'm like, but I mean, I've it had, is what it is at yeah, this point. I had like, yeah, I had a, I, and I had a bit of fit going on with my other random stuff, whatever I have going on in my life. Um, I, and everything kind of just kept hitting me at that stage. And I was like, ah. Like, yeah, just you kind of get to a point where you just got to be like, yeah. And I actually did a story on Insta. I'm like, when it rains, it pours, yeah. but I'm just going to crack my popcorn and put my feet up and enjoy the storm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just like, just fuck, keep it coming. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Um, it's just, it was funny. I just had to laugh. But so then 
So then you had to go and oh, rebuy a bike. It was like a bunch of things happened to me in that week, but anyways. Um, and then that, uh, and then um, that happened, and then moving over. So I get go to Brisbane, buy a brand new bike, start again. Um, and then I have a brand new bike. I just got one bike. I have a brand new bike sitting in my shed, not built. I get a phone call off from Airtime FMX, and they're like, "Hey, one of the boys just crashed." Um, can you it was nine o'clock at night I, i'd already started building it i wanted to get back riding i was originally meant to ride ecker so i really wanted to just try to do the second half or do a bit of it because yeah. i just wanted to get back on the bike and get my momentum going again i had like i just had a bit of head noise that i just wanted to clear i just wanted to be active again yeah so then i was like i kind of got it i pulled some parts off it it was just sitting there and then i got a phone call at nine o'clock hey um can you ride the show tomorrow? We'll bring one of the boys' bike to you. You can put his suspension in your bike and then ride with like his suspension setting and you can go and then go test it at 50, 60 at a freestyle compound in the morning. And then can you make the nighttime show? Yeah, got that. So I built the bike, drank a heap of Monster Energy that night, stayed up till like 3 a.m., built the bike, got it built, Fuck. went and tested it at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, everything worked sweet. I rode, I did flips, I had enough tricks to do a show. Ribs hurt like hell, but I just tense and brace. I only did like 10 jumps down at the compound, but I knew I could do the show. I roll in to do the show at Brisbane Echo that night. First jump on the truck, I jump, and then as I land, some electric plug just came undone and my bike goes boom dies on the down ramp and just i roll off and i'm like the fuck like are you kidding me what a day uh, and then the bike and some electric plug like unclipped itself and it was just that so then um but then we got it good and then then we got all that good and then everything else worked for the echo but like just it was just it was it was i was a bit on at the time and then coming after so finished echo doing all the testing when we, so you know I said we were doing all the testing with the bike for the triple setup I took my starter motor out and we put the a, a custom plug for the electric circuit so it followed through turns out like yeah you don't do custom plugs for electrics <laughs> so anyways I was resetting the ignition and smoke come out up near the ignition and then a big flame comes up from the under the petrol tank this is in my garage at home big flame comes around the petrol tank and I'm like oh Oh, what? Like, and wigged out and just pinned it out of the garage because I thought that the fire was just going to go into the fuel tank. And, and just boom. blow it up, yeah. So I just pinned it out of the garage, went to get the garden hose, ran back of the garden hose. I was a metre short from the door. Oh. And I was like, the angle it was, I couldn't get it in. I'm like, oh, shit. And then there was black smoke gushing out of the garage from the door and I'm like I'm gonna watch my whole house go up like and I have like a few motorbikes in the shed and then I'm like I'm not watching this go down again I just got a new bike and I ran Fuck. so I ran into the garage and this flame like coming around the petrol tank grabbed it I'll um, send you guys a clip you can add to it because I took a video and I'm like shaking and there's like all black marks around there try airdrop it to my laptop see if Griff can yeah, put it up sick. on the screen yeah sick um and then, um, yeah, so then we, um, and then I, yeah, I, I put it all out, got it on the front lawn, put it out, and I was just so scared. You would have been rattled. I was. It was just like, oh, like, okay. Um, and then I, it was, I was lucky. I only needed a new petrol tank and a new wiring loom, but turns out I just don't do custom plugs for... Yeah, that's never the move. Uh, yeah, um, and then... Fire's just fucking gnarly too. Fire's like, it can just happen so, so quick. 
bars. And the like, it goes up into your ceiling. You got the insulation in there. The insulation catches, and then your whole house is just done. Oh, it's insane! Fucking like- so gnarly. Yeah, that that whole workshop deal, man. I remember draw. I actually drove to the studio, and uh, and just saw those flames, and I was like, holy shit! And then Sammy called me and said what the deal was, and I was like oh my god and i heard you had two bikes and now i couldn't fucking believe it eh yeah it's kind of sucked how the whole patterns worked okay i f- found um try and send it to the uh, macbook pro jason's oh yeah MacBook pro. um airdrop jason's iMac. yeah sick is it on there um, oh not the iMac go macbook pro if you can tommy quinn macbook 2 maddie no. mccalpine jason iMac. Ah, uh, so it's not on there? Hang on. Um, Nitro. Yeah, um, yeah, the. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, so I was, um, yeah, it was a bit on. Um, Maddie McAlpine, Jason's. Nah, it's just Jason's iMac. Oh, don't worry about it. I can. I'll just. I'll just text it to a number, and then once someone can, Jace. Yeah, I'll just text it to your phone. Yeah, we'll then, just put it on after. But yeah, sweet. Um, yeah. So then that happened. I was just like, it was scary. But then we got on top of it. It was all good. Um, and then and all while this was going on this is like you wanted to do the triple flip yeah so there's all this shit happening and you're just like fuck yeah and then should I bother <laughs> and then two weeks after that that's when I rebroke my ribs in two new spots cause I was just but the biggest thing I learnt was not surrendering I didn't rest I didn't surrender to the injury and rest in him I thought I was too tough and oh, I'm so tough I can push through anything and keep training and charging and man I was showing up to like gym classes hit classes and just cause I just love being around people and doing stuff um, and going so hard and like doing ball lifts and like um, just so much random things like and racing and being the first person to finish in the class and just like just loving like just the idea of just yeah anyways um, which I should have listened surrendered more but I think this injury was one of the best injuries I've had of actually really listening to my body yeah. I got so much smarter on how to listen to my body and know when stuff's getting jacked and fatigued and reading your body before it happens or when I go to, uh, also like when you just do tests of how high you can jump just a simple squat jump and then test when you're most active and mm. when you're not and all these little things because like when we get on the top of the lip if you're tra- pulling for a triple flip like I think that your body needs to be fully activated and you know you're like your highest box jump you've ever done that's how activated you need to be to get the right pull on the up ramp so I think um, just knowing how to have your body activated a full potential and then not and just really reading and listening and just doing your homework a little bit before so you can trust the formulas more yeah um but yeah, so then that happened and then, yeah, so redid the injury then had to surrender and then so lots of visualization, breath work leading into it and then when I went and rode and hucked the triple, um, the first one I landed on my side, 
I turned out of it and then I was like, oh, yeah, watch the video. I knew where I was. Yeah, sweet. And then the next one I got it. Next one I got it. How daunting is it to even on the airbag to do a triple the first time? It's scary as hell. Double flips are scary. I'm at, like, so you're pulling as hard as you can for a double flip. Like, I've done hundreds of double flips. Um, you've probably you're, done as many as anyone in the world at this point. Yeah, I'd like to think. I know what, like, the guys that did, like, Levi and those guys did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Because that's, like, with, um, how, with, I just know how those guys train. Um, but yeah, I'd like to think that, oh no, sorry, Sheeny. Sheeny's done. done. Sheeny's done. Lot. I reckon he would have done triple the amount that I've done. Yeah, Dub- really? To, yeah, double to triple. He's, cause he, he's a rider that does his homework. Like, and when I started doing doubles, I'd just kind of done a few and then I got opportunities to do it at the show and it kind of just went straight into doing them at the shows and stuff. Um, but yeah, I've done hundreds and I do them all the time. Like I do them very regularly. Yeah. Sheeny and I would be by far the most but I've re- landed like hundreds and hundreds of double flips and ran away from them so like that's building your slab properly like yeah yeah so to sit in for a triple it, it does take X amount of like building your slab and then just sending and, and being present and like being confident and not letting because you've got to not spot the landing until the last one oh, so you've got to do uh, like a double before you even try and spot a landing right yeah so my formula was do the first do the first one blind then when you come around for the second one spot your landing and then and then judge and it and then tuck again yeah because on doubles I always do one spot have a look around have my lunch and then I'll do yeah, another yeah. one and then so with the double, I tried to... I mean, with the triple, I just tried to have the same formula. One, two, blind, look around, yeah, and then just go again. I was wasting a little bit too much time, like, looking around, where am I? Oh, yeah, pulling in and under-rotating. Um, but... It looks like that's what happened on the first one that you did at World Games, is, like, you spotted the landing a little bit on the second one for, like, a little bit too long. Yeah. And then you under-rotated. Like, that's what it looked like to me, anyway. it's just so scary not knowing what yeah, you're yeah, <laughs> yeah, so then the last one I did, I just came in hot. I pulled harder and I didn't look at all. I, I could see like in my peripheral vision, but I didn't change my chin or anything. I just heard, yeah, like, yeah. I just looked like this, but I made sure I didn't move or get out of it and just entrusted the process. But the first one I did, I got all my air awareness. I knew where I was. I knew where stuff like I just, I just became familiar with it. So then it was so much easier for me to switch off on the second one and just yeah be able to know and know where i was the whole time yeah so the process of starting to work on it so like because everyone knows jo has been working on it for a long time so what was the process of him coming up to start working on it like with you Mm -hmm. um and like you said kind of iron sharpens iron in that respect like i'm sure he took a lot out of like working with you and your knowledge of like doubles and landing doubles and um so yeah how did that process kind of work Yeah, so Jay originally lived in Melbourne, grew up in Melbourne. I mean, I've been we've been having conversations about him moving to the Goldie for the last three years. Like, really? Yeah, and he was always like, "Oh, I will. I'm just going to do World Games, and then I'll move up." And it was just, but then World Games kept getting pushed back, and then Jay finally moved up to the Gold Coast um, uh, just before Christmas this year. Um, like so, yeah, end of last year. Um, and he's always had the goal of doing the triple and everything. Now, he'd started so many projects for it and done all his testing down in Melbourne um, with Freeform. Um, and they're just, 
those guys are just legends. They work their asses off. They are legit gnarly humans, and they're the not. When I say gnarly, I mean like their work ethic. Yeah. And they're the nicest people ever. They're just, they just so 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 level headed and just amazing humans. Um, and then so they were doing a lot of work with the big ramp stuff. And for me, I never believed. I, I built the big ramp, and I wanted to do it, and I wanted to test it, but I also knew. I feel like I was kind of too smart to not do it. I just, watching how they were rotating off it, it was so slow and so big. And anything that I wanted to do, I could never see that setup getting moved outside of an airbag. Yeah. And if it was, you're going to, the, the landing ramp's going to cost $200,000 in engineering and all that stuff. And I can't see it being long lasting. And yes, it could be a big one off stunt. But I always said what I want to do is everything I do with my writing, like most of the stuff I do with my writing, I always want to do it so it's it's added to my writing and I yeah. and I keep doing it. Yeah. And I wanted the triple to learn it so it was consistent. Um, I didn't want to just huck it and then be done with it. Like I wanted to, I wanted to learn it so it was a consistent trick. And like watching me at World Games warming up, I warmed up with my doubles. Yeah, I set yeah. my slab and then I did want to crash. Yeah, there, yeah, I know where it is. And then I, and then it kind of worked. Well, it worked, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but just build. Yeah, I just wanted to do it so it was more long lasting. So like that was always my vision with it. I didn't like the idea of doing this big, just shooting into space and so risky on your health. Like yeah. I want to, I want to have, really? fa- <laughs> I want to have kids and a family one day. I cannot wait to have kids. Like, and I know there's a lot outside of life than riding a dirt bike. Um, and so I, I've always had that in the back of my head as well. I just, just want to be smart. Like, to somewhat extent yeah yeah contrary um, to popular belief yeah, yeah. um and was, yeah the man what they were doing is just full like gladiator stuff like jumping this big ramp joe was telling me he was hitting in third gear as hard as he could dumping it as hard as he could like just sorry dumping it just dumping it in third gear before you're on the lip and just whoa off this ramp that is just it's taller than light poles on the street like the the they're like, I think um, I heard them say the ramp was like seven and a half, eight meters tall and the thing's nearly vertical and they were jumping nearly 75 feet in distance. I think it was 65, 70 feet. Now, so the standard freestyle FMX show that we do at like Nitro Circus, um, Airtime FMX, whatever shows we're doing, that's like a standard gap that we do. And then the ramp, seven and a half meters tall, nearly vertical. And third gear on a motorbike dumped, that's uh, it's like nearly 100 kilometers an hour. Yes, yeah, gnarly. And and they increase, the bikes just keep picking up more and more speed as it goes up the lip. So, it was, and you look at Jay and how built he is and how strong, and he's just taken hits. He is a very, very strong human. And, um, and so, so to watch their style and I was just like, it was crazy. Um, and then I, I, I jacked the moon booter and just tried to get it done off that, got close. And then we kind of, um, seen that. And then Jo and I were kind of trying that style for a bit. Um, and then when Jo moved to the Goldie, we both were like, kind of like, he knew that I wanted to do it. I kind of, I did play it very like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't go to him and be like, yeah, I'm going to land a triple at World, I want to do a triple at World Games. Well, we we're just on our own journeys also, but we're close mates and we wanted to keep it very respectable. Um, and then like even coming into it, it was like, like him doing it and like our bike setups are very different. 
Um, and then it was it was a like when I said there was tension, there was no tension when we had word to word to mouth or anything like that. Like we were such men about it. But like in your head, you always build up scenarios. And and Jay was actually originally to plan to go back down to Jacko's um, with Freeform Josh and that, um, and continue with their setup. And Jay had another ramp that he'd build, and then that kind of just fell through. And then he um and then he was like, dude, I'm gonna I'm keen to like have an airbag session. Let's like kind of get it all going up here, and let's just do it here. And I was like, sweet, like, let's do it. Um, and then it did, it did suck cause like at the time with all the testing, well, like I had the broken ribs. So I was sitting there watching all Jo's Jo's mm. attempts and he was taking like hits. He's yeah. An I remember seeing but some he, of the, Yeah. The he footage. like, he was learning a lot. Like he landed on his head a few times. He like over, like he was over rotating some, he was getting some of the wheels. Like it was just so gnarly and he, but he just never, never phased him one bit and he just has a heart of gold and just kept going. Um, I remember seeing him out the front one day and he had a full busted lip. He had stitches. It was like a week before or two weeks before. Yep. He had all busted lip, two black eyes. And I was like, holy fuck. And that was actually the one that he got. But then when he came around, he just was just like a bit unsure where he was and he jumped off. And then, um, and then yeah, I think, I don't think, he, I, we don't know what exactly happened because he hit his head so hard he can't remember. But looking at the footage... It looks like he didn't actually hit his head on the handlebars. That was just his helmet hitting the airbag just yeah, from yeah, yeah. getting whipped. Because, mind you, you're going so high. You're also with all the rotation. It's so much G-force of just yeah. getting whipped. Oh, dude, I can't so even imagine. making the height probably double just with the rotation of the slap. Yeah. Um, Coming out of three rotations so high. Yeah, so then um, we did that and then... We actually never really... We only had one. So he was getting close... Like, we were getting close, and then we both kind of figured it out at the same time. Well, like, but I came in hot with, like, all my knowledge of research I'd done with my last attempts, and then going to the four-stroke, I made all these adjustments. I had a lot of leverage off the attempts that I learnt two, three years ago when I tried it on the two-stroke into the foam pit. Oh, because you tried it into yeah. the foam pit. I did I it forgot like about two that. and a half, three years Is ago. Is that on your Instagram as well? Yeah. Go find that, Griff. Uh, it's it's deep. I could probably find it. Yeah, yeah, there is... Um, Go, yeah, try find that. I YouTube fully attention. forgot about that. Yeah, so that's where a lot of my knowledge came from. So How many did you do? I only attempted two, but I knew... I got close, and I knew how what I needed to do with my bike... Um, like, if you look closely on the video on this one, I was so dumb when I did it. I had, a, like, a full tank of petrol. I had my flip levers on. I wasn't very smart on how I did it when I did my first attempts with the two-stroke. Um, I was a lot smarter with all the stuff this time and for it to work. Probably don't put it on the screen because I think Nitro will probably fucking... Oh, um, so there's this one, but if you just type in like Harry Bink triple backflip attempt, it'll just be like a old cheesy YouTube video I did and it will, it'll just kind of give you a better, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. That yeah, one, that, yeah. yeah. How many views did you get on this 16 one? 16K, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, you can kind of just skip to about the, yeah, there, that'll do right there. <laughs> there we go. One, I remember two. this. that would have been a crazy good feeling to Uh, like get i mean i'll probably hurt like fuck when you actually hit the pit but to go like damn i just did that off like a fairly normal sort of setup into a fun pit 
So we had that uh, we had that jacked a bit, but then we ended up jacking it um, a fair bit more when um, with Joe, and then we also added the extension on top of the ramp. Oh yeah. So we had a. I think it was jacked by like. Oh, Fawzi. Hey. What a rooster. Dude, he's a good man. I Every know, time hey. I needed that guy, he always shows up for me. Dude, he's one of the better humans going oh, around. He's, like, he's wise, right? Yeah, yeah. It's actually when you meet such amazing humans, you just it's actually they're wise. They do things for the right reasons, and then their formula is endless. That's, I love that guy. Yeah. So this is going again. Yeah, so... I forgot about this. But we added this here as one, God two. damn. How gnarly is it coming down in that? Yeah, that sucks. That hurts. <laughs> I, I, I thought I ripped um, uh, the bicep, uh, my bicep off my arm on that one. It just ended up being a really bad cork and swollen for a few days. Oh, a bit of what there? Yeah, got the shelves on the tools. Oh, shelves. <laughs> um, Fuck, that's so gnarly, dude. Yeah, so it's so like... So when was it? Like, what date was it? Scroll down a bit. Uh so two, going two off, years ago going Shit. off this attempt i i had enough homework to yeah get yeah, close yeah, to the wheels. yeah i'd planned on doing it straight away and then jo when he rolled in when because jo just came back from a few injuries himself yeah he had that gnarly femur well, he had the femur and he um and he did some other like yeah, he had a, a couple other injuries as well like he's, he's gnarly he motors through his injuries and he brushes them off like they're nothing um but so with um Jay, uh, yeah so then i'd redo my ribs and then Jay's like i uh, had come in and he he got one of um the boys and he was hustling hard like he he went built the extension himself um and then we jacked it just using kind of the, all the same stuff i used to jack it that first time um and then yeah it was his idea to put the extension on add the add the 800 that was like yeah that was all Jay. um and then when I was doing my testing right before I did my ribs, I also was playing with all these different speeds coming in way faster, jumping way bigger. I was I nearly overjumped my airbag with the moon booter because I went so far in distance seeing how the bike would rotate me coming in as hot as I can because that's what I do with the super kicker when I do double flip combos. Yeah. Coming in cranking real hot and then power late, pull late. So you just got to kind of come in really fast but try and roll up the lip as long as and you then can. Just go, and then crack it at the top and it goes todunk and releases. So I was trying to use that formula with the with the moon, with the taller like with the taller amp because it's so tall. Yeah. It was just kind of going into a wall and it wasn't getting the flick. So I was playing with heaps of different stuff but then that was um, the next part that I was, yeah, jacking and do all that stuff. Um so I was kind of getting close to like ready to sh- do that and then with my ribs happened and then Jay came in hot and then he was doing all his testing um, and then he was playing with stuff and yeah, and then I, I did learn, watching him, learn a lot. Yeah. Like you do learn a lot. I'm not going to say that I didn't, like I learned a lot um, of how it reacted, how it pulled everything and then um, and then um, they had their sessions now when you have your sessions also i'm like every time like jay was there i made sure the airbag was perfect like even when i ride like i get so angry i'm yelling at people the whole session hey dude the airbag's not ready the flaps aren't ready like i'm like a supervisor that sees everything unless you own all the equipment stuff doesn't happen the way you want it or so it's really hard to have a session as a rider and switch off so i went to like i i I messaged him and that i'm like hey just let you know i'm having a private session tomorrow morning um 
like yeah I just said um, and I said in the group chat I'm like hey having a private session that was when I went and like cut all my triple attempts and figured it out um, I invited Monster my mechanic and like one other person so I had a tight crew and when I had Monster I just did it so I get all the footage and then oh, I had my drone guy Brad yeah yeah um and then yeah just and then my mechanic just so we could bounce back feedback just just be super controlled present man not someone going oh this worked and here's my theory and i just wanted to just have my conversations and not one wasted conversation just one just to keep my mind so focused on what i was doing and i am a person that just needs to dig deep and be very focused on what i'm doing um, so yeah, we went through it. We did some testing. I hawked some. We looked at some stuff. We played with some bike setups. We did a fair bit of stuff, and then we figured. I figured it out in that session. Very good. Very proud. Um, three attempts. First one turned out of it. Next two nailed them. Felt good. Um, then I had one more session. Um, the following weekend, Joe was with me. Also, he he did a trip. He did a couple attempts. I mean, he did a couple. Yeah, and then I did a couple. Um, did I probably did fifteen to twenty floated doubles? Yeah, floated just heaps of them, and then sat in for a triple. Got it. I'm like, sweet, done. Not gonna keep fucking with it. <laughs> um, it worked, and that was the last ride. That afternoon, we packed up the ramps and then sent them away. Then it was a week downtime. Listen to your thoughts, and Fuck. then yeah. So then we get to the comp, and so so what did you do to your bike first before we get to the comp itself? Yeah. So like, cause can you go to Harry's Instagram, pull up a picture of the bike? Because, yeah, you went deep on, uh, yeah, there you go. Have you got any more images there? So, that just those two. So, yeah, talk us through, like, the bike setup and what you did. So, it had, like, one radiator, yep. pretty much cut everything off it, no front brake. Like, what what did you do and what was the theory behind it? Yeah, so I've got Levi Sherwood's custom triple clamps on there. Um, that I got off him. They just look like normal, just triple clamps, but they're actually offset. They have like a X amount of mil offset, so they it the tightens forks, the bike up. The forks don't doesn't change the angle of the forks. They just sit closer in. Oh yeah. And then there's the shorter swing arm at the back, which you run normally, right? Yeah. Um, half the half the year. Yeah. I, when I'm free riding and stuff, it's just good for like real rotational stuff. If I'm free riding, like I can still ride and do all my stuff. It's just it just gets that flick gets it flicking a little bit quicker. Um, so you got the swing arm and the triple clamps to just bring the that's to get the wheelbase tighter. Yeah. Um, they're probably a main one. Um, and then. On the handlebar setup, those bar mounts are built into the triple clamps. I said to Levi, he's like, how, he's like, how high do you want them? And I'm like, same as you, copy-paste. I've always done that to everyone. I'm like, I just want what you have. I actually have all Levi's suspension settings in that as well. I've just made it heavier for my weight. Yeah. Everything else is all Levi's suspension in that. Um, so why were you... Did you feel like they were bent or twisted? Because like after your crash, you were like flicking them. But how could they be bent if they're solid? Oh, the, so the wheel, front wheel, like in the forks, so they slip. Oh, so right, the forks right. and the front wheel are just, is just yep, twisted okay. within the, within the triple clamps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like when you drop it in the corner at the track and then yeah, you just get it, yeah, hit it against the yeah. tree, get it straight, and yeah. then you're off the go again. Yeah. Um, lots of pressure off that big ramp, so it just, it just, pre- yeah, Just talked them. it a bit. Um, yeah, so that, and then well, with the handlebars, my theory is more leverage, like the higher you have the bars, more leverage you have over it, and you yeah. pull harder and get a better rotation. Um, so I got custom bar raises, because uh, how I said that where Levi had them, 
they're built in. So I got custom bar raises um, where they just made the bars higher by like nearly 20 mil, way higher. Like I'm like riding like a Harley. <laughs> and then um, shaved all the knobbies off the front wheel. It was half a kilo on the front wheel. So with weight, with bikes when they're rotating, any weight in the center of the bike, sweet. But when you start moving it out, that's where the dead weight is, and that's half a kilo at the at the end. Mm. Could be like the same as having four kilos in the middle. Yeah. So it's just being aware of little things like that. Um, so yeah, that was the whole theory of like making the front end light as possible. Um, Did you bring the pipe in? Uh, there was thought, dude. But you, I should find a photo. We built. I tried to be, do do all my own custom exhaust pipe. We tried to wrap around the engine because yeah. the exhaust pipe weighs like. I think it was like. Yeah, that muffler is huge. Yeah, it's like two and a half kilos or something out the back. So, I was trying to move it so that we could redesign the header pipe so it shot back up the other way, and it was like not in the way though. Couldn't figure it out. We, we 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 tested a fair few exhaust pipes. Imagine how sick it'd be if you had like just a header, like a long ass header that like wrapped around and no muffler, and you just hear the thing like. Wow! Like, we like, tested all that. We really? tried all that, and we're riding at the comp. I also just took the tailpipe off and seen how the bike reacted and rode that around. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been good. Yeah, I actually jumped the jump like that, and it was like jumping a three fifty. Yeah, because you need. So I, burp, burp, burp. I was like, oh, that's dangerous. Shouldn't well, be in that. the in the muffler, you actually they build like back pressure so it forces mm. i don't know the exact science but you've got like the waves that are going out but then you actually need pressure to push back it like almost There's so much science in an exhaust pipe it's, it's you don't insane, realize how eh? yeah, yeah how much it all goes in and out and yeah. in before it actually goes yeah. out um so what'd you get the weight down to the front brake that obviously takes a bunch of weight off i don't know the total weight should weigh it versus stock uh, I, I we got it under 100 kilos. The bikes come stock at like 110, 108 or something. Yeah, KDMs. We got mine in the 90s. There's this company called um, Luxon MX. Pull it up, Griff. On the uh, I use their triple clamps on my bike because I've got these new. F- oh, they do they have the same offset? Yeah, but they could. I'm sure they could make you what you wanted. But yep. I'm, even the triple clamps are fine. But so go into Luxon. But they've got. Um, just go now. Nah, go down to the. They look, the, very, yeah, they look pretty similar to, I think, what, um... Yeah, just go... What the fuck? That's weird. Anyway, or just go to their Instagram if you want, maybe. But they do linkages and stuff. So, they're, like, obsessed with shaving off weight. So, they do, um... They do hubs. They do linkages. They do... So, they do, like, the main linkage. And then they do the linkage that's in the center. And they just CNC machine it. There. So, like, go to that picture there. The one on the right. Sorry. So like forty four. Oh wow! And then go across four forty five five sixteen. So like even that shit. So like there's a ton of companies where like if you want to start doing these. Fuck, where was this company when I was doing my research? Should have fucking hit where me. Where was up. it a month ago? <laughs> but that's shit. Like I, I'll um. That's literally like I had a little weight thing like that, and I weighed every so many parts on my bike, and we went over so many things. I didn't even have foam in my seat. Oh like, really? Yeah, I had a seat cover super glued on. We couldn't staple it because there was nothing. So like, I just had a seat. Just that's I had a, so sick. Yeah, tiny bit of foam. And the whole time, even when I was jumping to the airbag, I had a seat. Just it was hard plastic. I'm hucking triple flips 
with hard plastic, like, and it's like, what if you under rotate or like? But it was like, I know, I just, just I wasn't planning to, to yeah. fail. I was yeah. just planning to just get this done, and like, I was just so dedicated of like having it light over having safety. Yeah, just yeah. Just because I like the end result was more important than anything. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Go back, uh, click out of that. They got other stuff too. That's like, I think their hubs are way lighter. Um, yeah, like see the triple clamps. Like, Those click triple clamps look sick. They look super light too. They, yeah, so they're crazy. So uh, yeah, our Yamaha Gen Two, go back in, Griff. Our Yamaha, a twenty-five percent lighter and nearly a full pound lighter, half a kilo. Yeah, wow. So, but you'd have to get them to make the offset that you wanted, or like bring them. But which I'm sure they could do. But I can put you in touch with them. So they gave me triple clamps for my bike because my 350 has 49 mil forks instead of 48 mil forks but um yeah there's like there'd be tons more shit i reckon you could do even a eh? because if you're gonna start doing them like regularly i don't know if you are but mm. if you're gonna have like a triple flip bike well, you could go fucking ham bro mm. like it'd be sick to see how light you could get the thing because you're right that just in- increases the safety did you see Levi Sherwood's new bike that he just did? He just posted about it yesterday. It's a single, Is it on his Instagram? It's a single speed. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's on a post, yeah. Go try find it. Levi Dude, it's Sherwood. a single speed dirt bike. And he goes, the the mechanic, I was actually having convers, good combos with him last night. Um, he's a great dude, eh? Such a good Such a good guy. He's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but the, all his stuff he's building everything he's doing it for passion and he's set himself up and it's just like it's just so cool to see what he's Go building and he just built an exhaust pipe for a sprint car system like see how he does all these own custom exhaust pipes and just what a wow. legend so yeah he made this one speed um engine and because shifting gears all the time it puts extra tear wear on the engine and stuff and that's what he spoke about with all the positives and things like that. Go back, Griff. Go go, click through. See where the exhaust is. Amazing, yeah. That's epic, dude. I wonder what he's going to do with this. That's obviously just like a passion project for him because like he's retired now. Mm. Would you flip one of his bikes? That's but, what- oh, I did. I'd love to. I think if we, him and I work like, or him or Jay work together or him or I work together, like... Dude. Quad flip's definitely possible. Really? Ah, oh, 100%. Fuck. Off the same ramp? Nah. You'd have to build a bigger that ramp. That ramp was just a moon boot that we just slapped together to kind of just did some quick mods and got it done. Like, the whole time we were at the event, Trav's like, man, I just wish that you guys had a bit better setup. Like, I feel bad that the setup could be better and I'd have it so... I'm like, dude... Like, it is what it is. Hey, I'm like just giving him some of giving him some of his own medicine. Like, yeah. since when the fuck did you like just get the job done? Yeah, that's what you like. That's what he drills into us. But it's cool. Like, of all his knowledge, he knows that there, there was a lot more room for improvement. Like that that only happened from like Jo just being like, we need to get this done, and then myself also having the same attitude. It was just like. It was just a combination of just not giving up and wanting to get it done and making it work with what we had. Yeah. It was funny to see all the testing and all the stuff they did on the bigger ramp and then we just surrendered to the little ramp and made it work. Um, but yeah, I always knew all the testing, everything that was happening. I always knew there was a middle ramp that you could do it off. Yeah. And it's just, even the designs that we have is so far off and it could be so much better still. Yeah. So, you, so much better still. So you were going to say at the event itself. So maybe we start, pick back up there. 
um, yeah. of like what just the event was actually like. Yeah. Because that's the gnarly thing. So just to lead you into it, fucking all good doing it at the compound. Yeah. All good <laughs> doing it on your own time. If it's a little bit windy, you don't have to go. Like you can just, you know, have a fucking, hold on a sec, give me a sec, I want to breathe. Go away into a room, do your own thing. Like, but to be there in a stadium, commentators, you're seeing it on TV, they're showing the crashes that J.O. had before the you know in the lead up to the event like it's a production you know like they've they're gonna make this shit like look good it's built for tv mm. so like to pull it off in that kind of environment is hectic it is and just to deal with the nerves leading into it you could be actually just doing a, a single backflip but the way they build everything up and the way they manipulate everything and the way they hold you and you're waiting and choking and choking i think i was meant to go at 7 30 i don't think i actually went till 9 30 dude it was so gnarly so i was walking around like i was gonna kill someone for like two hours yeah. i'm trying to stay in the zone i'm trying to breathe i'm trying to like you basically imagine getting dropped into you have this crazy fighting move to stay alive against a tiger and if you don't it'll kill you well it's kind of what we're doing like if you don't get every little move right you're gonna get squashed by your bike and like yeah well i know i've lost friends from it like it's gnarly um we've seen friends getting wheelchair we've seen some bad stuff happen so it's just something that you need to be aware every time you put on your helmet so just that formula of like getting choked and waiting and then and then having a few injuries it's really easy for your mind to play tricks on you and stuff to go bad or worse um getting to the event i was aware of all these things i just had to put it all into place now all these years of COVID, all these years of formulas all this um, energy of staying focused breathing exercises I had all the tools all the knowledge I needed to get it done now I had to stay true to myself and do it and then your mind runs off it plays tricks and then the conversations you're having with yourself just do your job do what you know how to do do what you've trained nothing else and then you're seeing everyone you're talking and then you got to pull your mind back to it. You're talking again. You get every time you have a conversation with someone, it pulls you away from the task. And then you got to pull yourself back to it. See it? Yeah, it's still there. Cool. We're good. Now I can go have another conversation with someone. Have a conversation. I got to go back and pull myself back to it now. Yeah. Oh, it's still there. Now if I go and talk carelessly for half a day, go to go back to it. Sometimes you're like, fuck, I've lost it. Mm. Or I don't know. Fuck, like he's too spooked. Like, I don't know. Everyone's different, but I find I got to keep going back to it or like knowing that I got to do it or fully shut off to it and then to switch back on. Mm. So like when I found out, oh, sorry, I'll go back to when we got to the event. Um, it was Thursday, Arvo, it was raining. Um, well, that was gnarly too because everyone knew it was going to rain. Yeah. Like the whole week leading up to it was like, oh, we're getting all of this rain. Like it was just, it was 100% going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to the, um, which we're aware of, but you're there to get a job done. You block it out. Cause if it's for some reason sunny, you got to go. So you don't go in with those thought patterns. You got to be ready to go at all times. So Thursday afternoon was freestyle practice and I rode with my freestyle set up and I just, I rode all afternoon. I trying to get used to the course and feeling comfy to set myself up for freestyle. Um, I double flipped the moon. So I jumped the moon Buddha in this set. So I flipped 75. I flipped the next generation ramp, come around to the moon Buddha. And my first jump off the moon Buddha that I, it was the first time I'd hit it in like months. Um, cause I'd, I'd been jumping on the triple setup with my triple mods on my bike and it was jacked and taller. So to hit the moon Buddha just standard on the flat on the ground 
with my freestyle setup. First jump was a double flip. So I do a double flip and I'm like, pull and I'm like, having a look around. Yeah, I think that's it. Sat in, tucked again, rode out of it pretty sketchy, came around, spun a few more, looked nice, felt good. Felt so weird, so gooey, so different. Um, all cool, but then that session, me trying to get ready for freestyle, I jacked a lot of my ribs up, jacked a fair bit of stuff up. Went to bed that night, got my body warm, got it good. It was still, like, it was jacked and it was slow the next day. I hadn't rode two days in a row because I know how my, yeah, how, yeah. how my body reacts. So this was the first time I'd ridden the next day, the next morning. I, w- I went out, checked the setup. It was a, This was um triple flip practice now. So I went in, looked at the setup, the airbag, looked at the looked at how it was all set up and um the pressures. First time I jumped to this um the freeform airbag, Josh's one, um and we looked at the ramp and it was all good and it looked good. And then um this was like Jo's session. Um, well, when I say Jo's session, originally I told them no, I'm not going to ride it until the triple setup till the till the event. I need to save myself. Because it was how it worked on the the Saturday, um, the Friday morning, I was like, oh, I, got, I got to do it. I've just got too much head noise now. Um, so I looked at it all, and then it came out, and we we're like ready to go. And what I didn't realize was with um Josh's airbag, it's twenty minutes turnarounds in jumps. My airbag's two minute turnarounds. Yeah, right. So like not even two minutes you ride off and it's pumped back up and then you can go again so it was so strange to me like waiting for it to blow up 20 minutes in between so J.O. did a few jumps and then we were just it dragged out by an hour my body was warm and then I had I was ready I came out charged and ready to just go to war and then um, it got choked by about an hour and then I lost my momentum and they're like alright you can go now and then it's starting to spit rain I'm like oh I kind of lost my momentum. Like I, like I had my monster before. I was feeling good. Now I've worn off, and I'm like, oh, I've kind of lost it. And then I'm like, fuck it. Like it was only, only now to go. Travis, everyone's here. So I went and um, missed my timing and landed straight on my head. Fuck. You just, I did two and a half flips straight to my head and got pumped. Um, yeah, it sucked. And then I was like angry. I was so angry. Did, after did, that. Isn't that when you hurt your hand? Yeah. So I hit. Uh, it's looking pretty good now. But um, uh, it started swelling up. I grabbed my hand and I like grabbed my hand strength. It was swollen. It was swelling. It felt like a broken bone. Um, but it was just a bad sprain. Good hit. Um, enough to scare you. And then I could feel that I had good grip strength still. And then I was like, all right. Got my bike off the airbag. I'm like, as soon as that thing's pumped up, I'm going again. And it's spitting rain at this point. Um, I'm like, just doing this just endlessly, like with my hand, just to make sure that like pumping it in and out to keep the blood going and not letting it seize up. Next triple I got, nailed it. Happy. I even like I pinned it for the first two, backed off, had a little look, revved and then got it around. And then I landed and then I'm like, oh, I got to get another one. As soon as the bag was ready, went again and it was like properly raining by this point. Um, got some cool footage of Trav like oh it's raining and Harry's going for triple flips in the rain <laughs> with no shirt on yeah <laughs> well I come in with no shirt also because I, I knew I wasn't going to wear my body armor on the night so what was the thinking there um pff, more rotation if you've got a body <laughs> armor on it's more dead weight in a center that you probably don't want it yeah so I was like oh, I need all the rotation I can get right now yeah 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 um because if I've got rotation I have good air awareness and I know how to slow it down but there's yeah no, yeah you can't get it back there's no speed once you've left the lip you can only get it spit into a certain extent with yeah, what yeah. you're doing by revving the bike as hard as you can and pulling it yeah and pulling as hard as you can to get it around 
Um, yeah, so it's really important that when you leave the lip, you 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 know, like as as I said, you can slow it down. It's so easy by lifting your ass cheek half a that like a half foot off the seat will change the rotation massively. So it's like even just looking around it just kills so much rotation. Um, so yeah, just being aware of those things, and then the next triple I did, I um undercooked it a bit, but good enough. Um, and then, yeah, so that was it. And then I went in, iced my wrist, went and seen physio, rested. And then um, got it all good. I was ready to go the next day. Had compression on it. Had ice on it the whole time between Friday into Saturday. And then um, and then came to Saturday. We were like, uh, we thought it was going. Everyone was like, yep, on time. And I'd done all my warm-ups and meditation and just done everything and then I come into the stadium and thought it was going ahead I was in the stadium for about a, an hour and a half two hours and then got the call and they're like oh it's rained we've fully cancelled it now we went and did signings and stuff um and then we found out because it was the rain was so bad on the Sunday they cancelled it to the Monday night because that's where the weather was looking good so I had a lot of stress a lot of pressure a lot of oh yep go go being good everything at this point, I was fully threw the towel in. I went to autograph signings and had a bit of alcohol in a cup, and I ended up partying that night pretty hard. On Saturday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I sent it that night. I had Animal. a bit of, Well, I just had so much steam, and if I didn't send it that night, I know that my brain was going to do overtime and thinking, yeah. and I was going to be more drained by doing overtime in my thoughts on the Monday then if I went and partied, released, forgot about it. You know what I said about yeah, like forgetting yeah. about it, having fun, finding a groove, finding a flow state, being a kid, being a human, just not stressing about, not putting so much responsibility on yourself. Um, so to switch off and then, yeah, I ended up watching the sun come up that morning <laughs> um, on Sunday morning. Um, yeah, it was cool. And then, um, but then I just like kind of went back home, like um, sweated it. I went back, had a sleep, like got up at lunchtime, sweated, went to the gym, sweated it out, did a big cycle and just like, and then um, just reset, got some vitamins in me, felt good. Because otherwise the option is you just stay in a hotel room in mm. Brizzy and yeah. just wait. Yeah. And think about it the whole time. And, or you have the most fun with the boys. And mind you, all the guys had flew with Americans. You hadn't seen anyone for yeah, ages. Yeah, so I went and hung out with them. We had a good night. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like a really good catch-up night. That, that night was way more like funner for me than the actual night of partying when we did it. Um, so that night was cool. Um, but in saying, when I say partying, like I'm using it to my advantage, the stress levels that we do, it, it just comes down to the relationship you have with yourself. I don't recommend it, like, but I'm just, it just, just understand yourself and know it works good for you and be responsible yeah. for your stuff. But, um, yeah, so that with the Sunday, yeah. And then that Sunday night, everyone's like, how did you sleep last night? Did you sleep? Like, I slept like a baby. Like, I went to bed, um, I got like a big, after I sweated it out and just got all like, just fully flushed everything out, got water, vitamins. I just got a, I went and got a, like a, I just got heaps of Nando's, pigged out, watched movies, slept. Dude, I slept until like 11 o'clock on the Monday. That's I could unreal. never sleep. I would have went to bed at like 10 o'clock that night, slept till 11 o'clock, woke up. Went to the gym, cycled, just cruised in my... And I have all this band. Um, I just started working with um, uh, like a new trainer, um, Mo, 
Fuck. Oh, dude. MVM. Yeah, yeah. Move. His name's a Khan and he's a legend. Yeah, dude. I'm going to go see him, eh? Uh, so he taught me how to decompress your joints. I didn't know that a decompressing joints is like one of the most powerful Movement ways. method. Movement on, method. On Instagram, MVM. Movement uh, at Like MVM method. Yeah. Movement method. So, yeah, I'm actually going to go see him as soon as I can get booked in. He's good, eh? really good um he's a hard man to get a hold of they've tried to like nrl teams have tried to sign him and stuff but he he's wise right <laughs> nah. yeah. um, but he wants to keep growing he wants to keep going with different athletes he doesn't want to get shut off to an nrl team where only five of the football or five of the team yeah, players yeah, yeah. only respect his work and then the other guys are just showing up because they have to or because yeah, it's yeah. the coach or because yeah. mobility is something you just got to put so much effort into, eh? Yeah, well, you either got to want it or you either got to be going through pain where you need it and yep. it's efficient for you. And some people need it, other people don't. But some people that are more patient that surrender will find the advantage to it than others that are too rushed and go, go, and I'm fine how I am kind of thing. Um, but with how much compression we put through our joints and how much my body was struggling with injuries, when I found him, we got the resistant bands... And he showed me ways to decompress my joints, but it was creating fluid to the joints. Yeah, so yeah. So what happens with the joints? They get like compressed and overworked now, even if, even if you're jacking just hard doing heavy weights and stuff. So when you do this decompression stuff with the bands, it pulls the joints out of the socket and it, cre- it allows the it fluid... It like sucks fluid into the joint, it allows which is like fluid fresh to, blood. Yeah, and it's like putting grease in your joints. Yeah. And then like I'd move around and do stuff and then he dealt... At firstly, one of the, some of the stuff we did, I only had 20 to 30% range and by the end I had 100% range. How long was this? In one session. No shit. Yeah. And, um, and then he showed... But then I'd also be really explosive and I'd like... I was doing squat jumps and I was jumping like nearly double the height I could jump just from decompressing my joints. And it was stuff that I never... I do lots of like Bikram yoga, lots of random different styles of training, resistant band stuff, but never been shown any type of way of decompressing joints like this. So it was really powerful for me. I only did two sessions with him leading into World Games, but it was like... It was more or less a game changer for me. Like, it really was. That's just, epic, dude. And it was just what we learned on the first session. Um, and then but were you going home and working back. on it after? Uh, once he showed me, I did a video of every move and then I just knew what to do. So when I went to the gym on the Monday, or well, every day, I, I walked around the whole weekend at Nitro World Games. I had this big workout tub with all my stuff in it. Like, yeah. the psoas release. How good's that? And stuff, the ball. Um, eh, Man, everything's just... But everything adds up, like, and then also listening to your body where you know where it needs releasing and where it doesn't. But, um, yeah, so decompressing the joints, I found that was a big one. So when I was, I did a cycle warm up for like 45 minutes, just light. Um, then I did the band stuff for nearly two hours, just had pods in and just zoned out, listened to some podcasts and some motivational stuff if you believe you can achieve yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. stay hard brother <laughs> yeah just some of that stuff and just like just while i was like doing some like just decompressing all my joints and did that and zoned in and then cruised into the stadium and then when i got there um my close mate best friend that i grew up with um harry turnbull he shout out yeah he's a boss <laughs> um i really actually i should have mentioned him before when the covid when i was talking about alex and cooper yeah i feel like harry as well was oh. like a massive influence on you like yeah. he's such a good dude yeah so 
he um we were equal growing up like just had the same drive we raced together he wasn't when he first started racing he was nowhere near as quick as me but by the end he was beating me and like head to head and like we'd take each other out have the biggest crashes every race and we laugh and shake each other's hands and we just thought it was the coolest thing ever but um he we kind of went on the same spiritual journey around the same time and we were just connected so well with the breathwork meditation he's went way far further beyond that but just so content on being on your own being present um and just man we reflect and he teaches me so much because he um he does like construction work full-time and like um, runs a business and stuff like that but just the way he surrenders and not always wanting more or just very 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 level-headed human and just learn so much like i can't talk highly enough about the guy yeah so when i come into the stadium i was getting rinsed with the same conversations i felt like a scratch cd and i planned it with him i said hey man like i sent it to him a few days before i said hey like i'd really like to have you at the stadium and like just lock myself in a room with you and we do some breath work i'll undo the momentum stuff and then he was like a trainer for me he'd just stand there and he'd like show me some cool exercises we played some music we we're having laughs and then like we just we're just having fun and like i'd have some friends coming up and like oh dude so like how are you going how's your wrist i'm like dude do me a favor and don't think, don't mention it think about Think about all the questions that everyone's asking me. Maybe just try and talk to me like I'm a normal human. Like, ask me like about how many drinks I had the other night. Or like, tell, yeah, tell me yeah. some fucked up stories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take my mind off this shit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but then I was like trying to give, but I'm like, who am I kidding? Trying to explain myself. So then I just realized I had to remove myself from the situation. So then I ended up grabbing Harry and we locked ourselves in like a room for an hour and we just did breath work and just, yeah, just, just talk shit. And it was just so fun to just, um, feel like I wasn't at the stadium. I wasn't there and just forget and zone in, but just in a healthy environment. Um, and it was just fun and relaxing for me. And then, so I hanging out with him for a couple of hours before and a childhood friend that we grew up with. And yeah. it was so cool. And it was just so like, I needed it massively. Like I think it helped me a lot. So when I did go to zone in again, I felt like it was a new day and then zoned in, ready to go. Yup. You guys are on soon at like 6 PM, put our gear on at 6 PM. God, no, it's not going to go. That's six, so gnarly. 6.30, 6.45 or 7.30. Oh, yeah, you are on at 7.30. Go out. We're standing there. Get choked. And we're on the floor for nearly like two hours until we went. I felt so bad for you, man. And I was watching you like skipping and putting your like gear on and off and Trying. walking up. Oh, and then you're like walking back in the stadium, walking out. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I was sitting. Too much monster energy. <laughs> I was sitting directly opposite like where you were staged in like that quick shade sort of area so i was like to the left of the so we were just looking at you guys oh, yeah. the whole time just like in out up down <laughs> fuck i was like this poor bastard bro let's go you gotta laugh at it dude at one now stage you do. at one stage there was all these kids yelling out harry harry and i'm just like they were doing it like 45 minutes before we actually got to go i ended up just being like oh, I told him to shut up. <laughs> I kind of cracked it. I turned around. I'm like, wait, can you go? I just was like, I don't know. It was so hard. It's so, that's such a gnarly moment. Well, like, to you're be, trying you know. to be relaxed and do your breath work, calm your mind down and present. Harry, Harry. <laughs> and, and Joe hasn't even went yet. And I'm just like, <laughs> And then it was gnarly. And then um, 
And then originally, I was told I was going to have a five-minute warm-up and float my doubles. And then Jay was going to go, and then I was going to go. I went in and had a meeting with him, and I said, hey, I landed on my head the other day because the jumble were like, I got choked by an hour, and I lost my flow state. So whatever we do on the night, I'm fine. I'm happy with it. But make it very clear to me because I'm very simple, and I get yeah. clumbled up and jumbled and frustrated very easily. Um so then uh, that was the original plan and then so then it just I'm like going to the guys I'm like hey he's um like Jay's lined up he's going first and I didn't want to fuck with Jay or like yeah and then they're like oh no you're just gonna he's gonna go then you're gonna have your warm up and then you're gonna go after and I'm like am I getting my warm up and they're just like oh do you need a warm up and they're like oh we'll we'll page you and ask him and they're like calling the boss and they're like oh yeah Oh yeah, no, no. You, you see, we're doing everything as you promised. It's just gonna go, Jay. Then you warm up. So I'm like, oh, like so. They were looking after me. They had it dialed. They were sorted. But in your head, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, <laughs> but yeah, it was all good. Like they, they, they knew what I needed. They had me covered. Like they're legends. But um, yeah, it was one of those ones. So then um, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So then Jay goes and he just stomps at first go oh, and it's like dude. it was the sickest shit ever. Like it was so sick. I'm just like, Jay, you boss. And then I'm like, I've <laughs> turned around and walked away. And I'm just like, that was the coolest thing ever. But I just, you know what I said about the thought process. I like got to keep my thoughts there and zone in. And then I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go out and huck it and just land it like he did. Fuck it. I'm like, no, that's now you're speaking with emotion. Yeah, Emotion yeah. gets you nowhere, Harry. Stick to the formula. What did you train? And I just had to talk to myself like a little child. And I'm like, shut up and do your formula and do your job and do what you came here to do. So then it was like, rezoning in, calm. Yep, I'm present. Okay. Like, And then I'm looking around and I'm like, oh, I'm going to come now. I'm going to get on my bike go to get on my bike and I look up and Joe's on top of the downy and then he walks yeah. back down and then he's on the microphone like and he's doing a speech I'm like fuck yeah Jay and then I'm just thinking oh, I'm gonna go to, and I just took my helmet off and walked out the back took a piss and then I come back in the stadium with my helmet and they're like where the hell I hear Travis talking over the microphone where the hell did Harry go and then I've walked back in and I'm like oh they want me now sick <laughs> let's go Present. let's go I put my helmet on that reset was like the best thing I could have done I'm like alright let's go and then come in first jump just ride straight in double flip first jump but it's like floating a big double I didn't even jump this jump to the landing I didn't know how I was going to react I didn't know how heavy it was going to be first double I came up a bit short and I'm like wow I need a really dump it the gap actually ended up being bigger than I thought um and then I just pinned it the second one and like found the sweet spot and it yeah. was like such a big double like and I was like as soon as I left the lip I'm like standing up and I'm like doing a, it feels like I'm doing a sit up over the handlebars like choke choke yeah so then you that's how you find your double and then um my first triple and then I can't so I did those two floaters and then Reset, calm, come in. Then um yeah, did the first, went for my first triple and I when I left the lip it just didn't feel right. I uh, sat in, tucked, I'm like, come on, you just gotta get it around to stay, like just just get it around. And I got it around and I kind of like knew I was coming a bit under and I don't know, I just had I just my subconscious mind kinda of takes over at this point. Um undercooked it a bit, but I kinda of like lent to the side a bit. Just so, like, because I knew it was going to bounce me. For some reason, I knew just to lean to the side of it and just it kind of washed out nice how, how it could have, best it could have went. Yeah. Um, 
got a scratch on my elbow. That was like, what? That's sick. Um, that probably helps your confidence though to like crash yeah. and be like, I'm not dead. And that first double I did when I landed up the top, I landed in that same pocket. So I knew I had to, because before a triple, you have to come in slow and get all the preload right. Yeah. But I had to like really come in and milk it and, and power, had to power like, come in hotter, but try power later, but earlier still, but just came in harder and just fuck. I just came in so cranky, like just with the engine and hot, like. And then actually on the run in, I looked down at my bike and it was overheating and smoke. Yeah, tank. I saw and that. I'm not choking anymore, and I just went and I'm like, just give it everything you have. And oh, sorry, in between, sorry, first trip will come back and I'm trying to get my bike yeah, straight. Yeah, I go to my mechanic, um, Raddy, and he was like, um, I was like, hey dude, can you move the bars up? He's like, they haven't moved. They're in the same spot still. I'm like, no, nah, just move them up. I want them further forward. And I don't even know how I thought of doing this, but I was like, I want more leverage. I've pulled and I felt like I, I didn't You're get... You are like backwards a yeah, bit. Yeah, I was back a bit. And I'm like, correct. And I'm like, put it up more. And we had it up like a whole, like we had it on zero and we moved it up to like um, plus one. Yeah, yeah. So we moved it up like a whole thing and it was way like tighter, steeper. Uh, I mean, like further forward, and he's like, you know, he's like, well, we've never done that on any of the training. I'm like, I don't care, just do it. And he's just like, yeah, sweet. And this is in the heat of the moment. He's just like, yeah, sick, cranked, and I'm like, uh, and then he, so he got my bars good. I got got him straight. I did about four yeah, circles yeah. trying to visualize, and then I seen it, and I'm like, there it is. So like, I visualized seeing. I'm like, let's go, come in, and then just did everything cranky, pulled as hard as I could at the top of the lip. And it, when it left the lip, I felt, I'm like, that felt slow. And I'm like, two cares, just tuck. That's all you can do right now. Just get in and tuck. And I'm just tucking in, revving. I'm like, one, two. And I'm like, who cares? And I wanted to look and I'm like, who cares? Just tuck and just pull, pull it in. And then I've come around. I'm like, oh, I haven't hit the ground yet. And I'm like, oh, sick. So <laughs> stand up and then go into the bag. And it was just like the smoothest landing I've ever had. And I'm just like, oh. And then when I landed, I spent so much time thinking of why it wasn't going to happen. What happened? I'm like, nah, the wheel's going to fall. Something has to go wrong right yeah, now yeah. then I'm on the ground and I'm like oh my god I'm on the ground just throw the bike away I'm like <laughs> this isn't real <laughs> yeah it was wild dude it was so sick to see like the reaction like how smooth you did it and the pressure like I guess my mind in that moment the feeling of relief that you would have had like mm. I've felt happy for you for the relief that you would have felt of it being done because it's like it still doesn't feel like it's done I don't know why I have an edge of part of me that's just like it's no it can't be over it's too easy if it's over like it can't be (laughs) over so many years like just so much so so much hard work or time or whatever yeah it kind of doesn't feel real yeah, I bet. Wait, pull it up. Let's watch it. I think it's because you're so used to things going wrong and keep well, solving the problem. Well, especially the last few months. Well, yeah, years even. Like, you, you're trying to figure out, solve problems and things that go wrong. So when it works and everything, yeah, it's just... I guess it's also falling in love with the journey and there's there, the truth is there is no end destination. There might be to that, but... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah, I mean... There's a lot going on. There's that, That's definitely a bigger combo. So you're just wrapped, like wide open, throttles to the stopper there. Yeah. Tuck, no look. Yeah, I, I had a little look there, but I was just like, ah, just keep going. So smooth, dude. Dude, you even like over rotated a tiny little bit, like because yeah. you had to like really straight straighten out for it. Yeah, that's so sick. 
Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> that feeling, dude, must have just been insane of like, yeah, just actually getting it done and not have to go through any more of that shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely going to go through more of it. Like, um, yeah, I'm still pretty young. I've still got a nice little career ahead of me. But, oh, yeah, but, but, but like, um, for just that, for that moment, moment and yeah. that, like, the build-up that you had to go through and not knowing if it's possible, you know what I mean? Like, for you, yeah. like, you can... I think that's that's where that visualization comes in massive is because yeah. well, it's a Jim Carrey writing the check and believing it and seeing yeah. it and, and, and believe, yeah, believing that it's happened and don't be shocked when it does happen. Yeah. 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 I think too, you were saying like before we even started the podcast that you, you said to yourself that when you landed it, you weren't gonna expect it to be a big deal because yeah. the last time you won world games, you were kind of almost expecting that your life was just going to change in an instant and that all of your problems were going to be solved. But in reality, you're the same person. Like you've just done a triple flip, but it's still you. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think wins haunt people. So when you win, that doesn't mean that they're like they're bad. Like it just means that they think that things might change they might have income that comes and or they so they might start spending more heaps of money on their freestyle compound you might start investing in lots of places your career thinking you can get this big return because you just got a return in that so why not keep growing it's like business yeah oh i got this sick house i built this gangster house so now i'm gonna build let's build um commercial properties and go hard in commercial i figured out the form of property or like housing so why wouldn't i go to commercial and then anyways um and then biting off more than you can chew when you're not ready for it or just knowing how to capitalize your wins and like not because you want to keep growing everyone wants the best for themselves but just so my advice to myself was if it works or like for it working now so many people ask me on the weekend at like gold coast um 500 like the v8s and stuff oh what's next um where are you going like what what's next what's next it's like the most common question um i think the answer for it is is just keep my mouth shut and just keep my ears open and I want to adapt to the world. I don't want to try and own and have an answer for everything. I don't know. Yeah. The world's in a funny place. Um, it's kind of doing different things with social media, what everything's evolving to. I want to adapt to the world. I don't want to have an answer. I, I want to grow with the world and figure out what is. Ne- I don't know, but I want to be patient and not uh, not force an answer. Yeah. And I think having a win like this can make you want to force an answer and it's going to come. And then that's the haunting part, I think. Yeah. And then from like when I had that mo- a similar moment at Nitro World Games when I did my rock solid front flip, not that it haunted me. It was actually the best thing ever for me. It made me believe in myself more. Uh, it, it was all really good for me, but um, I was lucky. I was a little bit more aware, but I've, I've seen wins haunt certain individuals not because they're a bad person but just how all them them the tricks your minds play that your mind plays on you and um yeah just what your end goal is just just all those little things how they how they all splash together yeah and i think like i've been through i think a good example like in the podcast is you think oh this one guest is gonna blow this thing up and then you know like everyone's Perfect gonna example. and then it just doesn't really ha- like it You're does like, oh, it does what? well and then everyone like gives you a pat on the back now like, fuck i love that you know but 
your life's that the same. That is a perfect example. And it's just one, do be 1% better every day. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll receive 100% one day. Yeah. One day. Don't know when. And it's going to happen when you're least expecting it. Yeah. But if you keep doing 1%ers every day. So for me, leading into the trip and when it landed, I don't see it as any part of my journey changing. Yeah. It's just my one percent is all the one percent is before combined to like let's say it boosted my career by 50 percent it's just it's just the, the result of it getting dropped on you yeah yeah but don't think that it's gonna you're still in the one percent program 100%. i think it's so important to take life like that yes you get bursts of good but you're going to go through bursts of yeah. dullness quiet yeah. boring or like you're not going to be getting it. so it's just all the one percent is there's 50 percent but or there's a hundred percent but then you're going to go back to nothing for maybe it, another you're six still months. the exact same person so, on the back side of it yeah it's just and it's just um looking at things more long term don't i think it's childhood thinking of yeah oh, i'm overnight famous and yeah, there are. Like I heard a good saying, um, you can get famous overnight, but you can't get rich overnight. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Get a lottery ticket or something, but yeah. As far as career goes, like you can get a random famous overnight, but the majority, it's like, um, anything like in working out. If you get fast results quick or like whatever, yeah, yeah. it's probably means you do it like you're using stuff or whatever. But anything that takes long long to build or it's it means it's there it's building a slab yeah that's the best way to say it yeah yeah and if you so i think whatever you're doing if you do it in a short period and you get results sick but it's not a concrete slab it's not going to be there forever you, you're not going to be able to maintain it you might if you keep working and hustle hard maybe but then yeah i think i really try and love focus and it's the same with your happiness yeah you can't go block the world out go really hard at work for a month work your dick off and then go when i finish my month of work working my ass i'm gonna have all this money saved and i'm gonna go on this holiday i'm gonna be happy yeah happiness comes from being one percent better every day and then it just happens and then it just hey lands i'm happy now yeah but it's one percent every day that adds up and when you start really focusing on the one percenters and cherish them that's more powerful than taking in a 50 percent off a one-off of event yeah that yeah, makes sense? yeah yeah um and i think like going through life if you have i find if i'm confused and i don't understand what's going on around me or why i feel certain ways i'm then confused um and i believe it's like walking around with a 20 kilo weight on your head and i think the goal is to walk through life is like walking around life without a 20 kilo weight on your head you want to float you want to hover through your days yeah and that comes from understanding your mental health why you hang out with people and why you do what you do and really understanding your why you're trying to save money to impress people that you don't like yeah yeah um what what is your actual true why ask yourself why do you want things why are your goals i know i'm going like to sound like no, no, gary no, v no. or someone right now but um but it's just really go into depth ask yourself the extra question and then kind of look at those things and then redesign all the one percenters because then the every day the ship is moving x amount of speed and if 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 you go if your wires are wrong or you're not focusing on these one percenters you're going to just keep going in the straight direction then you're going to end up over here or you can steer the boat one percent different direction every day and you'll end up 90 degrees in the other direction yeah, but from one yeah, percenters yeah. 
and then this will happen over a year six months whatever it might be now when you get over in that direction that as soon as you take the your hands off the steering wheel of your one percenters the boat's gonna go back to the where it was going yeah so you gotta stay on top of these one percenters every day and that's the long-term things that add up in the long run and I feel like that's what happened with me with the with the triple project, and it was all my one percenters through COVID. Everything it was just all those little one percenters, rebuilding my compound. I spent like nearly ninety thousand dollars on um renovating the compound. Could have kept, I could have bought another house, kept playing Monopoly, but um yeah, just <laughs> but um but um yeah, you got like concrete run ups, the airbag. Um, got a big generator, ran all the electrical wires under the ground. Just made oh, it so dude, and I, I remember super that. easy, yeah. I remember that process Earthworks. too. Like, you did so much of that by yourself as well. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, obviously you had help, but I remember it was like pissing down rain constantly. And well, I it was bought a just, caravan and lived down at the yeah. compound just because uh, it took me an hour and a half to go to and from the compound because the border was shut because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. So I um, bought the caravan and lived down there. I just went through a breakup at the time. So I was like, sick, I'm just going to buy a caravan, zen out and just build my dream set up. And I just and that's hibernated been, down there for ages. That's being in love with the process. Yeah. And that's like feel lucky that i had that thought in my head from a pretty young age like i don't know why it was even on like my myspace or something like that look that it was some fucking corny thing that i used to write like um the doesn't like the journey doesn't matter like the or the journey is the road or something like that yeah and i always and i always thought that as there long is as no destination there's no destination it's there's false. only the road is i think is what i said like you there's no place that you're gonna reach like you're gonna pass through places on the way yeah and for you it's like you pass through a nitro world games win and then you pass through a triple flip and then you pass through getting married and having kids and then you part that's all on the road mm. so it's like as long as you're on a road that you want to be driving on and you can enjoy that road like and you can you know that you're heading north you know mm. to like whatever your version of north is there's just no place you're going to get to where you you stop driving the car yeah like what you stop driving the car when you're dead yeah you know what i mean there's no at, at no point is it like this is the place i'm staying now you have to keep going every day like time goes by whether you're on the fucking on the road or not you yeah know? and the days that you're not spent you're fucking not going anywhere so like that was always something that i, I kind of had in my mind and it's like you kind of get to choose how you drive the car yep. in a sense, you know, and then how you drive the car and the type of car that you have is going to determine the type of places that you can like get to on that road, you know, and you've got to just love being in that car mm. and you've got to love driving on that road. And for me, like I think about the time that you spent living at the compound, like you were on a fucking sometimes the road's real gnarly and it's dirt and it's flooded and it's shit and you're getting bogged and but you just you know you got to keep going to get to that next place and i think about the time that you spent living in the caravan is just being on the road and like mm. it was that was a tough road <laughs> like that yeah. was a tough one to you know you spent a lot of time in that He's place in, you spent a lot of nature. time yeah but you spent a lot of time like digging concrete by yourself yeah you could look at that on the outside in and go fuck i wish i just had the money to pay some cunt to do it and you know but yeah. it's like you fell in love with like that process and it's the same with like your health like you talked about going through the pain of decompressing those joints and spending two hours stretching like it's fairly uncomfortable yeah it's fairly painful to do it but you're on the right 
road and there's a thing uh have you read atomic habits yet yeah yeah i listened so yeah you know when um he talks about i stopped chewing my fingernails from that i really? still i bought uh, that was the one thing that I, I picked up a lot of good habits out of that one but for i listened to it three years ago and i um nail clippers i ch- always chewed my fingernails came out of that i still to this dad use nail clippers yeah dude i actually i stopped doing that around the same time too. that was like one bad habit habit stacking. yeah yeah but um yeah i think like he says in that book that you can have a plane leave lax right and three degrees of difference one's gonna land you in new york and one's gonna land you in atlanta three degrees that's such a small that's such a small difference like three degrees on a compass is tiny you know but it's like that's life yeah exactly man it's like that and and you you are your habits yeah you're not they're all the one percenters dude it's all those little things yeah i was telling uh, i was telling anna we were talking about just literally the being on the right road you know and it's like you're not you're almost not a person Mm. you're all you're just your habits yeah so like i'm being a person that people like you say oh you read a lot Mm. that's because i just every day i read that's like one and you can read once and you're not a person that reads yeah if you want to be a person that reads like doing it once doing it like every other it's a habit you get up and you do it and then it's over time like that becomes like who you are and then by not eating junk food constantly Mm. you become a healthy you know like you become a healthy person by going to the gym every day you become a person that works out that sounds so silly to say Mm. but it's like you're the type of person that you are is only the things that you do every single day so you can't be a per you can't be a, a fit and healthy person without doing something every single day to make that so and i think a lot of times we want to be something and we look at like the end result of like it's like it's a thing Mm. but it's not a thing it's like just a process everything is just a process you know and like i think when you talk about surrendering like when you surrender to that fact that it's a process that you have to go through like if you want to lose a bunch of weight then it's just like there's that's not a thing you you can be it's a Mm. process you have to do so we're talking about roads journeys where you're going um i think the biggest thing that haunts people is end destination thinking yeah yeah yeah. so you come into the project and you're saying if you're on the road you're falling whatever you're doing how you said you're gonna go do a triple flip you're gonna get married whatever people think when i get this i'm gonna be happy or yeah yeah and little things like that um so it's falling in love with the journey but never coming into anything with end destination thinking yeah. now when i say this i've i love using my breakup formulas that i go with fear because i can manipulate the two with a lot of scenarios and um my favorite one is like i seen one of the boys i was teaching them to flip and i was wanted them to be calm as possible when they flipped they got to the compound and they couldn't even have a normal ride or do their uprights because they were so scared about doing the mm. flip and it was their end destination end thinking. destination mind you when i go in riding i'm trying to switch off have a normal ride i've got the trip on the back of my mind and it, ha- and it ruins your normal ride because you have end destination thinking because you know you have to do the triple at the end but you need to surrender switch off do the throat and then now i'm up to doing the triple now i'm present one of the hardest things you'll ever do in life i'm going on a date with a chick 
hanging out with them, good energy. Sometimes you'll just take them for who they are. Oh, sick like this. She's funny as sick. Or she's funny as, oh, but would she be good influence mm, for my kids? destination. Family. Would, I, would, you be, would she be a good mum? Would she be your wife? You're overdoing it and, you, and, and then you're not even going to get the good qualities out of this human because yeah. you're cutting the formula short, the road short. Yeah. So you need to have, you can't have end destination thinking because it haunts the formula. Yeah. Um, and it's with your work, your job. Okay, I'm going to go work for this guy. I want to be the boss of this company. Going in there every day, I'm going to be the boss. Hey, why don't you just learn the product, surrender and focus on the task in front of you and then the end destination will come without you knowing. So if you're wise right and you don't have end destination thinking, you will get the best out of the boss, the person, the yeah. wife, the, I mean the girl, whatever it is, and it will surprise you and you'll get new surprises the whole way along the journey. Yeah. So really knowing your why, why you're going into it, why you're hanging out with them to understand your journey and when you understand these things, you can go through your days weight free and if yeah. you... If your wires wrong or you have end destination thinking, that 20 kilo weight's going to be fucking sitting on your head and you're going to be trapped in your own thoughts and then you're going to go, it's his fault, it's her fault. Then you're not taking accountability, you're not taking responsibility. Then there's clashes, then there's bad energy. You all are good people. You're all trying to do stuff for the right reasons. But there's collisions and it comes from people not understanding their own mental health. Yeah, dude. So you talk about that end destination thinking, right? So... Real good example, Angus that works here. So he works for Maddie and he does, he started working in the warehouse, like just doing shipping, right? And he'd come to work. He's like the first one at work every day. Like, I don't know, Maddie paid him, be fuck all, right? It's the first job out of school. So he comes in every day. He's the first one here. And then he's like packing, 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 doing his thing. His job probably lasts about three hours, right? Of like the actual work that Maddie pays him to do motherfucker's the last one to leave and i love him for it man and so he's been here like i reckon maybe i guess almost a year i i didn't really pay too much attention exactly (laughs) but now guess what he's doing he's at the v8s doing social media for triple eight and for all and then you had someone else that worked for you that amount of time or what did not get to do do that or like people that or the people that come in was at the end of his shift and i didn't have to ask him a hundred percent man like he literally just come in and he just always happy always doing his shit like just chilling like learning stuff like fucking watching youtube videos on how to do things to get to the goal of like where he wants to go but he didn't come in and be like man packing boxes fucking sucks like this isn't getting me closer to doing what i want to be doing and then you end up dipping out and you go somewhere else and you mm. being in those thoughts of like this is fucked off why why don't i get to do this these guys get oh, all, all the shit that you could say dude those kids are rare to come across oh, these days dude, crazy <laughs> rare this next generation is pretty haunted yeah it's pretty gnarly very haunted but i look at him like i saw him at the v8s on the weekend and he was so fucking stoked to be there and he was like Sick. i was so happy for him because like that job's not promised to him you know what i mean no one said maddie wasn't dangling that over his head being like mate if you fucking do this this and he took the initiative he did it he stayed here he's a first year last to leave every single day how old is he he's only like eight 18 or something Sick. like that boss. and it's just like yeah boss 100 percent. and you know what gets you like i think that's to talk about the generation or whatever like the thing that gets you the respect of people like it's what got you uh respect with pastrana yeah it's like you just fucking got there and sacked up and like did what you had to do and it's not 
it's not always like the big flashy things that get people's respect man like the things that get people's respect is like exactly what angus did you know you just first here last sleep that's it how simple is that and then it's like when you even when you don't have the work to do find the work to do and just having the wire right everything comes nearly for free if your wire's right and when i say for free it's hard it doesn't it's hard you have to show up you have to be there you still hear your alarm go off and you're like i'm tired but once you're there, if your wires are right, everything makes sense. The next part to that is all the people surrounded by us whinge and they strip our wires. Yeah. So if any peers you have, you have to be so smart on who you hang out with because everyone around us, your family, your mum, like just everyone, they're not saying like just the average 95% in your people and your life are usually whinging or stripping your wire more or less not everyone but there's a lot of that yeah I don't mean to be so ne- like talk negative on people but it just you, you gotta be just aware of what you're letting in and yeah, what you're yeah. letting out well what you're letting out too like I think so many people aren't conscious of again it's like your ego just talking for your your own sake and like I'm guilty of it and I try really hard not to do it these days and I try to again not be around people that put just put shit on you like mm. they just tell you how bad their day was tell fuck off like yeah, I don't, give me five positives go I do, yeah <laughs> I don't say this to my mum all the time uh, yeah <laughs> I don't need me. it I'm, like, I'm not gonna call you if I get hit with five negatives I need five pluses then you can give me one negative and then go five pluses one minus five <laughs> and, and and honestly people so many people will tell you their problems and then you give them a solution and then they get the shits with you. They argue it. And, and they you're just manipulate like... manipulate your answer. I'm like, don't ask me the question. Yeah, it's like, don't, don't fucking ask me, ask me if, if you're going to you manipulate don't... my answer and then make me leaving the room second-guessing myself. Yeah, yeah. But in saying that, I'm probably give all the same patterns back to people without me realising sometimes. Yes, I'm getting a little bit more aware, but... I'm like by oh, far yeah, yeah. made all the mistakes, yeah. every mistake under the sun. Like, yeah, yeah I've, I've learned a lot over the years. And whether if I say all this knowledge and then I put it to practice is another story also. Yeah, like, well, there might be days where I'm doing, I'm being a hypocrite on my own stuff. But that's being on the road. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. you can't help but so you get, we're all fucking yeah. going that way through, through life. And it's like, I think it's just having the awareness of like wanting to yeah, implement at least, at least you're trying or you're well, yeah, you, pr- projecting the energy well some people aren't aware there might be some people that are listening to this right now being like fuck do I actually call my mates just to whinge <laughs> and there might be and doesn't make you a uh, newsflash doesn't make you a bad person <laughs> right it just, it's reflecting it's just what people fucking it's, do it's and it's how what, you bounce back from it also yeah and you might you just might not know that that's like a habit that you have you know so it's just like that little bit of self-awareness you're not gonna it's not like you go fixed overnight fucking sweet you know but it's like just again having that self-awareness i think that's where that's where i think the meditation stuff comes in because it's like i i think of it as just like a gym for your mind yeah you're not going to get it is. That's all it is. It's just the same thing. Train you go to the gym. on our bodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you train on your mind and go to the gym for your mind? That's what breath work is. It's gym for your mind. Yeah, and I think Alex Hayes taught me that one. It's so. I think that the thing is too, right? So people think 
when they meditate or they're, they're like, oh, I can't meditate. I've got heaps of fucking thoughts and shit. You know, <laughs> I can't busy. turn my brain. No, they're like, I can't turn my brain off. I just sit there and think. Exactly and it's like, you should do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, that's the thing. Like, that's what, you, that's what you're observing. Like, you, you want to sit down and you want to notice your thoughts mm. and you want to notice some patterns in your thought. And that, that's a chance where you get to sort of sit and almost like watch your thoughts like it's a movie in a sense or like process third perspective yeah yeah just like sit back a little bit see what third perspective's a powerful one if you can use it to it's, it's it takes a lot of discipline but it's really powerful um the other one i heard a good one off this monk he said i get um i woke up and i get anxiety all the time and it hits me and i'm so scared and i don't know why it's here and then one day um when anxiety came, I said, I named it, I named him Tom. Yeah, yeah. And I said, hello, Tom, you're back. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> hello, Tom, how are you today? And I talked to my anxiety and I was like, oh, how are you going to, what are you going to throw at me today, Tom? Like, how are you going to make me feel? Oh, you're trying that one? Oh, you did that yesterday and the day before. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you going to do it again? Oh, okay, cool, Tom. <laughs> and he kept talking to it and he goes... Then me and Tom became friends and he helped me stay focused. Tom came and I'm focused on tasks now. Then one day Tom went away and I missed Tom and <laughs> Tom is no longer here. And the way when I heard that, I was like, wow, flipping thoughts yeah, yeah. has such a depth meaning on it. Dude, I didn't, I don't even think I really actually knew what anxiety was until I started meditating. When I did the first podcast with you, I used to say to everyone, anxiety is a made up word. I was the exact same, bro. Because I was so sick of people saying anxiety and depression on Little Boy Cried Wolf. And I know they didn't have it and they were using it. I heard it that much in that many phrases. I was like, they're made up words. Anxiety and depression are made up words that you guys are choosing to believe in. And what? Because you just want to look for your life's hard. Life's meant to be hard. Stop using these backward emergency words for your problems. So I was so used to shutting it out now i do have a new answer for it i do know that people struggle by it struggle for it or lose lives over it i know how serious it is i was just so sick and tired of the little boy cried wolf but you are right though in a sense right and it's just i just had to learn how to go about it properly in case i did have the person that actually struggled by it well and all right but so you're right in the sense that anxiety and depression are just words they're just and it's a but in that sense everything is like mm. if you if you're just so i guess this to go like deep meditation for a second <laughs> i got my snorkeling gear on yeah. Let's go deep, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, but everything is just a word everything is just a label everything is just a concept so like just something you build up in your head well you what you have before your concept of yourself before any thoughts there's like this background awareness so like what we are is just awareness and i think the thing that the it was like a, there's i guess there's miles or like not milestones but like insights that hit you real hard like when you're in a journey of like meditating and really like kind of getting into that world and then living in it so for me at least like and the last probably i go in phases like the last probably three to four months like i haven't really been in a phase of like living with my meditation practice where i'm like thinking about it or not thinking about it but like feeling it a lot like there'll be times where i'll go through months and months where like most of what i think about is like awareness like just being background awareness not really 
connecting with thoughts, not feeling an identity in the same way, like that ego mind and not having those like weird conversations with people projecting my ego out onto other people, just like really sitting just as kind of not a lot. Mm. But then I go into other phases where I'm just me and I'm fucking Jace and I'm the dude that's got the sick podcast and I'm fucking, people are telling me I'm killing it and then I think I'm killing it, you know? So there's like these... Dude, it's crazy seeing how many, how popular you are when you roll into like a, a track or anything. It's fucking weird. Just like, <laughs> dude, what you have built. Yeah, anyway, sorry, keep going. <laughs> but that, that, that's, that but that's a guy that you can get into. Yeah. Like that's a guy I can be. But then it's like, I know I'm kind of not that guy as well at the same Mm. time. But yeah, so there's like these states of, it's like a really flowing and changing state where like sometimes I will just, I'll have days where I have like anxiety, but it's only physical anxiety. There's no mental anxiety that goes with it. Like it's, I don't know if you can relate to that, but it's like, I'll feel it and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like super anxious. Like my heart rate. It might be I've read an email. It mm. might, you know what I mean? I've yeah, s- yeah. You know what I find from this? I could go off topic here, but I think I'm That's somewhat fine. on do topic. It, it. Um, your identity as a human. Yeah. This is a really, um, I love this topic because people that are trying to start their businesses or they work so hard their whole life to create these things, they're sportsmen, um, anything you create your identity as a human as this task uh, for you doing the podcast like you don't want to let people down you've created this identity for yourself i am gypsy tales or like if i land how i was talking about how winds haunt you you define your person as your you create your whole new identity as this wind now yeah so you think in your head that you're this this is how i think and it only comes from thoughts the, yep Correct. And for you doing the pot, like how you said you get anxiety when you see the email and everything, you've built up this big identity in your head of who you are and what you're doing. So you build this like this crazy pressure on yourself. It is somewhat end destination thinking, but it's how your subconscious mind gets when you start doing well for yourself and you don't want to let down all your hard work, all your years of what you've done That's a story. as your identity right there. So, But I really love this topic because I've seen people in their businesses go bad and when they fold, it's the times, it's the way the world's going and then they more or less are suicidal when their businesses aren't what they were at, how well they were doing. So they've recreated their identity as a human through the task they've worked so hard on their whole life, their, so many years, how could I let my peers, my friends, they've supported me. I've been in a, I've been brought up in a wealthy family, um, and now my business is falling apart, whether it was from COVID or whatever it might be. So now my whole identity as a, as a human is being crushed, and they take it that they t- they put that that much weight on themselves, yeah, yeah. and they get that stranded. They literally get suicidal, and they want to like. Th- worse actions come whether yeah. they get depressed whatever it might be so I, for me and I got this question flipped back on me they're like okay well like well, then what's your identity like if you got stripped your identity or whatever like you'd probably feel a similar way I'm like well I actually don't see myself as a professional dirt bike rider I see myself as a human that gets to breathe fresh air every yeah, day yeah and I get to live and I get to be around so much amazing energy and people. And that's what drives me. That's what I'm obsessed with. And then writing is cool. Like it's my, it is what I love doing and I'm good at it, but it's not my identity as a human. I still go skydiving, base jumping. I fall in love with understanding my thoughts as a human and how we talk and treat each other. 
to an extent, look, because I am still rude to some people because I have zero tolerance for certain behavior and I do have a goal and a vision and how what I want. And if people try and weigh that down on me or affect or whatever, no. I'm, I'm sad. Well, I'll let them know that. I'll be rude to their face and I'm not nice to their face. But you could call me a, f- a reality of... R- r- I'm just not fake. Yeah. So I might hurt... Like I might be rude or whatever... But I believe I'm staying true to myself and the formula of what it is. Um, if you want to try and look into me or past that, I have the biggest heart of gold you'll ever come into. Um, but uh, So it's a funny line with blocking out people for so long. But anyways, back to the topic of really understanding your identity as a human yeah. and not misleading your identity with a job that you're doing yeah your task the not, partner that you have yeah the not, body that you have yeah the exactly. money that you have the hey. watch that you have yeah that's not your identity it's your identity is a human that gets to breathe fresh air yeah. and go back to monk days and that's all we are the rest are bonuses so and going back to that money's a see-through illusion like to really control your happiness it doesn't mean you can have shit morals when I say money's a see-through illusion or not pay your bills yeah yeah be a man there is a real world that be you a live man in. Of, yeah. yeah but look past it and don't create your identity of something that might but as you said it's all thoughts and everything so yeah. but that's what success does or when you work so many years on a business success. yeah yeah so it's so it's, it's like there needs to be education on this stuff so like so how like think about this right so this was one of like the big because if you so we'll just lay out on the table so if you listen to any kind of like buddhist monks like the buddha like any of those teach that you, you say money is an illusion well the ego is an illusion like yes. the self like who even harry like the person harry is a word right you know harry is a con everything is a story right there's there is the real world like you have a bill that is on that you need to pay by a certain time in the real world there's like real world consequences right so there's how much pressure do you put on yourself when you see a bill that you haven't paid if i don't pay that i'm gonna be a dead man i do it to myself all the time (laughs) so there's like so there's it's called like res extensa and res cognita so Mm. res extensa is like the outside world you know like what we'd call like the physical world and then res cognita is like the inside world so everybody goes through their life and this is how the entire western world works this is not how a monk sees the world so there's like people that or the buddha saw the world right so they saw through this internal external world as an illusion right and so you start to like you think about a baby right a baby has no language. It's got no words. Mm. Like what thoughts could a baby... Your thoughts are made up of words. Mm. Your thoughts are a story, right? So you think about a baby that's like six months old and it's smiling and giggling and la. We kind of connect that that baby's having some kind of thoughts and thinking about its experience and that's what's making it happy, right? But that's how could that be possible? Because a baby doesn't have any words. It's going to vibe energy. So just... Literally, it's having an experience, right? Yeah. So you think about like that monster can. That yeah. monster can is not alive. That's just a thing that's like in the physical world. There's no experience there at all, right? And then you go to like a, a fucking prawn. Yeah. And it's alive and yeah. it's having an experience. 
but it doesn't know it's having an experience. Yeah. So like, what's that? That's its, that's its own little... So we're different to that. So we're different to the monster can because it's not alive at all. And then we're different to like the prawn or a fucking... Or an oyster that's alive. It's weird when you say that now, going from an oyster to a bug to a cat to a yep. dog to a... To a person, Yeah. Right? What, per, what levels are they actually taking? So in? that's what like... So that's... it's. That's the thing that's fascinated me my entire life, and that's what. Yeah, you really got me thinking. <laughs> most all right, so most people would have probably never thought of this in their life, and I've thought about this. <laughs> I've definitely thought of it in my life, <laughs> but most I don't think a lot of people have deep enough and then connected it to like their own existence and then to like how they're living their life, right? Because there's like real important implications around this whole element of storytelling and thoughts and words and the impact that it then has on your life. Going back to what you said about anxiety, depression, they're words, they are mm. concepts that you then relate to your own identity, right? Mm. So you think about... People a, just flash those words in front of you like it's chocolate. So think about a baby having that experience. That's just pure bliss. Like the happiest baby yeah. that you could have. There's no words. I love so training what, dogs because it is... A, a dog's the same thing. My dog just, he just doesn't have all the bullshit in you. Like statistically, you're the, the dumber you are, the happier you are statistically. Less thoughts. Yeah, that's what it is, eh? Just yeah. less complicated. Yeah, so it's, so it's a less chance. it's a less complicated story, right? So then you've got you've got the fucking seashell or the oyster, and then you've got uh, a person, right? So mm. a person is alive and is having an experience in the same way that an oyster is. But we have like a really complicated understanding that we're having an experience. We have an ability to, I guess, like examine our own existence and our own experience in a way that other animals can't right and then we've got a way to create a language that can then describe everything that's going on in our life we can create words and we can create concepts like i can't have your experience i can't live or like have your i, I can't have your conscious experience right mm. i can't do a triple flip you can but you can tell me about it. Mm. So you tell me this story mm. about the triple flip and you tell me this story about you as Harry and then like as this person. We do that for ourselves. So mm. we, we're a baby and then we're happy, mm. but we don't have any words, right? So we can't really explain that our, uh, I guess, our experience that we're having. Or we're sad. We can't really explain it. We just shit our pants. We've got fucking... Just shit flying down our legs it's very uncomfortable we got no words so we just fucking cry right <laughs> and then as you get older you learn when you're laughing you learn that's a laugh so it's just without words it's just this thing that feels like yeah. something it feels something but then you learn how to explain it and then you can tell a person i was laughing today i was happy like all and that it's it's these words that yeah, that you're kind of so then to fast forward through that kind of this building up of like just being alive and having this experience we start to form these ideas about ourselves as thoughts and as words and then we have like patterns of thinking we do the same things every day so then we think the same things every day Descartes is like one of the most famous sayings in psychology is I think therefore I am 
So you are what you think. Mm -hmm. You have this experience every day. You get up in the morning, you've got these habits of getting up and cycling and, and running your dog. And then you go to the same places and you see the same people. So it's like what we become is literally our thoughts. And then we think that there's this inside world of thoughts and it's me. So the me, the I, the the ego is just this fucking bundle of mm. thoughts. And you can go all the way back. And it's yeah, wow. So you can go all the way back to the start of your life, right? You didn't choose to be born. You didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose the city you lived in. You didn't choose the friends that your parents had that then had kids that you hung around. You probably didn't choose the school that you went to. You didn't choose the other kids that were enrolled at that school. It might have bullied you. Yeah. So you've got all of these influences. And half of it's just chemistry that just happens and you can't control the chemistries. And it's like when you have the rich when you have the rich dad, um, so the rich kid yeah, versus yeah. the poor kid yeah. and then how the chemistries work, the poor kid ends up being happier in the long run than the rich kid and just all those little chemicals sometimes the rich kid gets set up and he has a good enough work ethic where he fucking goes beyond and ends up being some it could always all, go two ways though chemical right just, yeah. and you no matter how hard and no matter how much of a good person you are you can't control it no no and, and that's just that's the secret though right <laughs> so you you don't you didn't pick where you were you didn't really pick your friends like you just end up and but all of those things influence the thoughts that you have and all of the thoughts that you have in your life, they end up being the story of your life and the story of who you are. You're mm. always looking back like, oh, I'm a fat, lazy piece of shit. I'm a fucking stoner. All I do is smoke weed all day. I've never achieved anything in my life. I fucking hate myself. I Or like, I'm the fucking man. I did this. I did. So it's all, mm. and, and we connect it to this I, but we don't ever really examine that that I is just thoughts that have yeah. grouped together in one big long story that you've told mm. yourself the entire life right so then I'll be sitting at and it, the story for me was like oh I've never got anxiety I don't I don't believe in anxiety that was just the story that I told myself right yeah but I'd never actually sat so like I'd, I remember sitting down and I was like I felt like shit. I went home one day and I'm pretty sure I've even told the story on here. I felt like shit and I was like fucking like my breathing was short. I was like so in my head. Like, you know, when you forget to, oh, I do this all the time. I'm thinking so much that I'll like walk out the front door and I get down to my car, turn my car and I can't even remember if I've locked the front door. <sighs> That's thoughts. You're just distracted by, by thoughts. all these other bursts and you're, overload of thoughts. You're not in the moment. You're not present with like where... Endlessly. Yeah, and it happens to everyone endlessly. But people, we think we are our thoughts and that's what you said. Like you, like you understand all of this just in a different way. That's that 20 kilo block that's on your head. But it's never is by living owned. in that internal world of thoughts. That's yeah. the 20 kilos, right? Yes. So when you are in yeah. an ice bath and you surrender and you're just breathing, you're, you're like locked into the moment. There's not thoughts. Yeah. And that's why like this is one of the biggest messages I try and get to people that listen to this is like the reason I love dirt bikes and the reason you love dirt bikes and the reason people love surfing and the reason people love skating and all these other things is because there's no fucking thoughts. Mm. And if there are thoughts, it's only about how do I do my trick? Mm. Cheering on my friend, 
giving my friend. You're so in the moment and the thoughts that you have are reflective of the moment. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you go right and you forget to lock your door and you get downstairs, the thoughts that you had in your head at the same time would, were disconnected from the actual moment that yeah. you're in. And that's where you start to, to go wrong. So for me now, like I'll be, I'll be sitting at my desk and I feel like that anxiety, that anxiety when I catch it in this way is not connected to the story anymore. Mm. So I've got what you would call anxiety because you have to give it a label for me to explain my experience to you. But all it is, is a higher heart rate and shallow breathing. Mm, It is. And then I sit down and then I'm like, Mm. Just a few nose breaths, eh? It just flushes Yeah, and then then you'll get, your thought will go, you'll get another thought and then you're just like, nah. <laughs> Bro, minutes gone. It's yeah. the same with anger. Like I find it. I used to be a fucking hothead, bro. Like crazy bad. Like I'd be like just so to yourself, down to though, get eh? into just to yourself. But even just in general, like road rage, I'd be oh, yeah. so quick to, and I'd fucking That's be ready one. to get out and boss cunt, let's go. <laughs> now it takes me so fucking. It takes me a lot more to get that angry, but then also it takes me like that quick to get unangry yeah that's good because it's like you've i've been doing this thing for so long and and it's not it's not even like it's meditation that fixes the problems it's under just understanding your relationship to the story Mm. and understanding what you said about money is an illusion like know what the illusions are Mm. what's real is like the present moment Mm. the thoughts that are coming into your head they're not necessarily real they're Mm. not in the external world they're just in this internal world Mm. you didn't choose them they just got delivered to you like like you sit and meditate you would have no fucking idea what you're going to think about yeah at all but and that's every thought every Mm. thought you ever have you don't fucking know what's coming next like you're not responsible for it Mm. and i think that's another thing that fucks with people is like you start i think fucked up thoughts all the time and I used to think that I was like the responsible. The only person thinking like that. You're like, why do I think like this? Why do the, everyone thinks the same thoughts? It's how you process them and what you do with and them. And your relationship to them. Are you thinking they're coming from you? Yeah. And it's actually you. Why it's me? like this why ego. Like this? Or have you taken the time to sit down for 10 minutes a day just long enough to realize that you don't know what fucking thoughts coming next. <laughs> it's not you. It's not it's yours. It's and not just, trying to own the thoughts, accepting them, saying hello to them and processing them properly. Yeah, understanding really your... Yeah, them. yeah, do it, And we're back. We've all pissed. Ronan's in here now because Griff's pussed out. He's timed out. So we've got young Ronnie in here now. Um, yeah, I'll just... Well, how was I going to finish that thought? Um, just just about... Um, I think you were just really covering on what you create things to build up being your head and they literally can more or less send you in depression if you can't be aware of control of all these ways they spiral your thoughts. And yeah. Who you hang out with. And then the next thing is, I think, social media dives you into pr- depression now. So your subconscious mind is always severing you into unhappiness. Let's not yeah. say depression, unhappiness. Yeah. But it's because of all the stuff surrounded by it. So unless you're aware, you're going you're gonna to end up with some bad thoughts. Yeah, and I think that the, the key thing, and, and this is at least the key thing for me anyway, so this isn't might not be the key thing for everyone, but it's 
it's literally the doorknob like it's the lock in the door mm. how connected are you to the present moment how far away is the internal world away from the external world and the f- things that we find again it's like when we're surfing when we're at the the track or when you're partying with your mates this is why partying's so fucking fun because you're in the moment you're with the boys the combos oh, that wow. you, the combos that you're having you're fucking connected man you're, you're locked thinking in about anything else hey the thoughts that you're having fuck i never knew why i love partying so much until just this moment it's <laughs> <laughs> true you're present you're in the fucking with the moment boys bro. talking about the highest you're feeling the best you felt all week their thoughts that they're having are connected to the same moment that you're in and your thoughts that you're having are connected to the same moment that you're in you're both there together or the group of you boys are there together you're doing a fucking rail together <laughs> like it's the same you know like it's the same moment you're connected to that same moment when you get unhappy yeah is when the thoughts and i mean there's actually i shouldn't say that though one of the ways you can be unhappy is by being very disconnected so your thoughts are way over here and the present moment's here the present moment you should be locking the front door Mm. but you're not your thoughts aren't with that your thoughts are somewhere complete and i'm so guilty this is that's my daily gut check of myself that reminds me of being in the moment and being present and being have your thoughts that you're having be connected more to the moment right and so there's a flip side of this though because there's times where like I'm in the shower yeah, and I'm not in the shower at all. I'm like thinking about writing. I'm thinking mm. about the work that I'm doing. I'm thinking about the calls. I, I'm like, I'm a big visualization like a person. Space. It, yeah. I'm a big visualization person. I'm a big, like I, a lot of the things that I think about, they end up coming into reality and mm. that's how most people live their lives. You know, like we do have some kind of manipulation over over reality we're all we're little like universe builders to a sense where like you're visualizing a triple flip it happens it's in reality it's gone from the internal now it's in the external i'm like i'm gonna get this person on the podcast i'm gonna make this video i'm gonna have this thumbnail i mean but that is exhausting as well like that that doesn't necessarily lead to unhappiness but if that's the only place that you live then you kind of you do end up getting so disconnected from the moment or years of your life can go by mm. you know without you really feeling kind of present you know mm. and so that's where that, those thought patterns would nearly have a, a responsibility of when a year finishes and you go man that year went quick and i think because that's what you're, you're in, talking about dude, that I'm, formula yeah man i used to like fuck like a month went by i swear it was like a month and you've just been ruminating you know like thinking about these or, things or that you, you want to do and you want to achieve in the future and yeah time can just go by like that or you can go on a holiday that drags out and you don't get to sleep in a very comfy bed and then that one week feels like the longest week ever <laughs> yeah yeah well that, that's probably there's a sense too again you're just like not connected to the moment and and you'd think you'd know this from doing ice baths is that oh yeah the three minutes feels like the longest three minutes ever but it, it doesn't if you surrender yeah and that's what you said about like a 20 minute meditation feeling like a long time like to me yeah. when i'm doing them right bro they're gone like yeah. it feels so good like they and i yeah. and i feel like it takes me so i've kind of timed it out or worked it out i think in my head that 
for me like a morning meditation if i do seven if i do 10 minutes mm. i reckon it takes me about six minutes to get into the state of like gone like just full on like i'm spaced out like there's no more time and then on my app it always says in the last minute of this session and then that last minute you sort of come back to a little bit mm. so yeah it's like about seven you know six minutes for me to just be like completely gone and then those three minutes are about the dopest minutes of my day yeah because it's there's nothing really there you know and then so it's the same then so like if i apply that to 20 minutes if i hit that seven minute mark instead of the last three minutes i'm just gone yep. it's now 13 minutes but it feels the exact same mm. because that you're not there's not really a time there's not really like time's a weird one because it's so connected uh, this is like a weird this is like a fucking stoner thought this one but i feel like time is directly connected to the speed at which you can talk in your own mind wow um I don't think that's a stone of thought at all. Um, you know, I said that when I was at the show, like how I said when the puppy dog, how they get excited. Yeah. So it's the speeds that your thoughts are at. Yeah, yeah. So it's I promised myself whether if I'd win or not, I'd keep the same speeds in my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't re- meet someone on the street, rush them or like anything. I'd keep the speeds the same. Yeah, And I yeah. think what you just said is having the speeds in your thoughts and that defines how much time you have in your day. Yeah, I Everyone has agree. X amount of time in your day, but it's it's the way you process your thoughts is how much time you have in your day. Yeah. And then, you know how we said about being so scattered and I forgot to lock the front door and all this stuff? I got so frustrated with like, I deal with business people. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, we're having a meeting. Can we have a meeting at this time? Schedule it. So that's fine. We got to you got to manage X amount of people. Now, if I'm talk, I've got a homie. Like I'm good mates with. Let's just say my tax accountant. Good mates with him. Normal. And then he still his assistant still calls me to schedule a phone call with him when we're mates. I'm like, why don't you just fucking call me, dude? Yeah, yeah. And then he's just like, no. But then she will call me, scheduling an appointment, and then we have an appointment for the phone call and do it. But that's how their whole lives are structured and i get so like why can't you just just do this do that but then their thoughts then their then their days it's so jumbled then that's so their thoughts are going so then uh, the patterns i've seen the real the really high successful people they plan their whole day out to the to the minute Mm. and they have all these sections and then i also heard a thing um the most successful people um, with that manage their time really well treat hours like days. So mm. every hour is a new day. So makers fully plan your hour and have these really productive hours, but everything's mapped out on a book and like everything's planned and so organized and scheduled. There's not a chance I could do that with my lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My whole life so, yeah, around so weather. Some people wind. can't do that. Yeah. yeah, but um, when I when we're talking about speeds and managing all this stuff, um, I, when I see how organized some really successful people are, makes sense. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> but and then talking about the speeds and stuff, just for me to help my myself be more at peace and understand what's going on around me. Um, I think, yeah, the, the, I think those speeds are the things that we we're talking about, the thoughts yeah. to yourself. Yeah. And that's why I think when you meet a really successful person, 
they have nothing to prove, then they're the quietest person in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I think that there's there's value. Uh, I need. I'll send you this podcast by Naval. I've spoke about it a few times in here. Everyone should listen to it. This should be the podcast that you listen to after this before you listen to your next Gypsy uh. Tales. It's it's Naval. How to get rich. And it's not about money. See, that I would read that and go, fuck listening to that. Yeah. I don't want to know about it. <laughs> but so he did a, it's like a click, it's just clickbait. Yeah, okay. But he talks about building wealth. Yeah. But it's not money wealth. It, he defines wealth as just like this overall state that you need to be in. And I think that, I, and I, I resonate with it now after I've kind of heard it. Um, but yeah, he, he talks so much, I guess, about, being like the calmest person in the room just all these like values that you should kind of aspire to have that would then just like i guess if you checked all those boxes like you're gonna end up like a wealthy person in terms of like a wealth of friendships like a wealth of knowledge like it's not in a like a a monetary sense but Yeah. yeah like being the calmest person in the room because if you're the calmest person in the room by proxy you would have to have some form of like control or like distance over your thoughts or some kind of like management into the speed that you know you were thinking because i think like i think about that that lunch with um with julian the other day Mm. like there was at no point did i have any check on myself to where i like calmed it it was like you just go and you just that's where i was saying like it's what i would say is like my ego is where it's like I'm just me I'm that character I'm Jace and like I'm fucking running and like you're with me for an hour mm. and it's like yeah we'll have you know he tells me about his thing and his but at no point was there any like ego check like really to get into the moment like take stock of like where I was like I essentially was just a ball of thoughts mm. that then like put those thoughts out into the world and reacted to his thoughts and it was there was just like no it was like that game of tennis that I was saying, you know. Mm. And it's like, is that the best version of me? Well, at the time, yes. Mm. Like at the time, I couldn't have been any better. But if I look back at it now, I'm just like, man, I re- as I would have rathered have a couple of times through that lunch where I just took stock of the moment and just, you know, like was really present and probably would have got like a better version or like a more ideal version mm. of me like out into the world at that time. But I think uh, I think the one thing to to f- sort of finish my like little rant on like the meditation thing, mm. people shouldn't go into meditation thinking that it's like a it's like a it is like a gym for your mind in one sense, but it's also not. I guess maybe maybe I guess the analogy still works, but it's like the work the meditation is just like this practice that you should do to essentially like it builds this habit of like that thinking so that thought that i didn't have when i was having that lunch Mm. i was just like running on ego like essentially you want to just have a thought you want to build a habit that would let the thought come of like i'm not my ego Mm. like my ego is an illusion like you would want to that check that's the check that you want to kind of have because it's not like you meditate. I think people think they meditate and they do like, let's say you do 10 minutes in the morning 
and then it, it has like it's like pre-workout and then it lasts for a while or it's like drinking a monster yes. and it lasts for a while yes. and then you've got to do it again to keep it going meditation isn't like a drug that you take and then it has a half-life and then it gets out of your system and then you've got to do it again and then it stays in your system and that's why you've got to string together all these days because you've got to stay meditation high that's not how meditation works it's just a practice to give yourself the thought and to have this concept in your mind like i am not my ego what i am i'm the baby that doesn't know the word like i am just all i actually have is is just the awareness of you're aware you're having an experience all you are all you are is an experience. Yeah. And where it gets fucked up is that you're an experience that knows you're having an experience. So you need to get, and the knowing that you're having the experience is what gives you the thoughts and the, you analyze yourself and you analyze, is this chick a, fuck, I still do that, man. It's like, oh, is this chick the chick that's going to fucking, is she a good wife? Would she be, and it's just taking you out of the moment when like yeah. you literally can be like laying on a couch with someone mm. that like loves you and you, you're overthinking that situation to convince yourself that that's not a good thing. And it's like, be in... But you only be want the best the, for yourself. Yeah. You mean well. Yeah, but it takes you out of the moment. Correct. And then when you're... You can... And again, when you're not in control of your thoughts... Yeah. Then it's like, you, you're not then in control of like the outcome of like, what are, what are you going to fucking think about that? Per- yeah. Like, you sort of don't know. But yeah, it's like, you want to... You just do these sessions every day it doesn't matter what the fuck you think about yes. in those sessions. It does, there's no result. It. Yeah. Surrender to that moment and try and have the insight that oh, I'm not my ego. The, the, the big thing that you're digging for when you're meditating, if you do like 10 minutes a day, you're just watching your thoughts. Mm-hmm. All you need to realize, you need to have the epiphany. Oh, I don't control these fucking things. Mm-hmm. They come from nowhere mm-hmm. and they come and then they go. You can't hold on to it. Sound is a good one, right? So you hear like a little squeak in a chair. It comes into your awareness and then it goes. And you can't hang on to it. It's gone. And wow. hanging on to it is just a thought. And then that thought goes. And it'll be replaced by a new one. You're not the author of any of these things. Like what you are is you're just the baby <sighs> having the experience. And then yeah. it's also got the capabilities to do all of this other stuff and it's like when you're you just want to you want to practice it enough over years and years and for me like listening to like the theory side of it i listen to there's this uh chick that does these sessions she's a monk she's actually down in new south wales but she reads these texts of like old dharma masters like buddha kind of disciple people that write books about awakening and like how your mind works and so she reads these things and it's got like this nice kind of meditation music and all i'm trying to do is just like have this insight of like she's right she's right she's Mm -hmm. right and then it's like they'll just sit with me and i'll think those thoughts sometimes in the shower i'll think about a a thought will come and it's like kind of random and i'm like oh fuck that's that it's right like Mm -hmm. i'm not my thoughts it's just this random thing it comes in it comes out you can't hold on to any of it you can't choose it you can't unhear something you can't stop something from stop trying to control them all and observe the thoughts and understand that they're they're there they're gone Mm. and then a thought then a series of thoughts Mm. is like a paragraph and that paragraph creates a mood 
and then that mood is wow you are teaching i need to get my notebook out right now this is good but that's what a mood is yeah a mood is a group like one bad thought and then you gotta know like how you're feeling from having too much caffeine or whatever yeah. it might be and being aware yeah and not drowning yourself in that one bad mood that rolled through and then knowing that so you got <clears throat> you got a thought and a thought can be kind of like random and take you off guard and you're like that's mm. fucking weird but then a thought that goes on for five minutes is a story and then that story could be about how rad you are it could be about how much you hate your chick it could be about how much you hate yourself it could be about how much you hate your job and then that paragraph that little story that then creates a mood and then now you think about the mood and then you've got a whole bunch of thoughts around this like negative mood and then that those thoughts can then just prolong that mood or those thoughts could then go you don't need to think like this bro you could do what you do and you could like flip those thoughts but it's just understanding and you're out of the hole like that or you just keep drowning in it or whinge to someone and then they go then they whinge you out there or yeah and or they snap you out of it but then yeah, it goes too much. so that in the same way that that's when negative families just keep fucking drowning in their own yeah yeah it's just a story that just keeps going couples or whatever it might be it's like a feedback loop so in the same way that a sound comes in yep and you hear it and then it's gone then the thought comes it's the same thing it comes and then it goes and then your mood it comes and then it goes it might last a minute it might last dude you know where you know the biggest fucking test like when that I had all that drama with that parking guy at the fucking I wanted to kill that guy at the house bro I was dead set like when he was in my face I was like I just want to fucking murder this guy because I I literally could and uh, and I stayed angry about that and it was like that was one of my first like real big tests of this whole deal for me is I just kept fucking thinking I was washing my bike I rode MX farm like a week later and then I had like the body corporate hit me up right and then uh, he was like you were real aggressive with him you were real this like he was scared that you were gonna fucking do something to him and i was like i was (laughs) but like then that mood that created a mood and then i stewed on that mood and i'm washing my bike i just rode mx farm i had the sickest time and then this incident happened a month ago and i got back there and i was just as angry then as i was when it fucking happened so then that was like this again it was like a trigger i was like all right i know what this is i know it's this feeling i know i couldn't like you can't get rid of it you don't have that choice but i just like just sit with it it's gonna come and it's gonna go so i think that you know for anyone now i guess the reason why i've kind of gone on this fucking hour rant almost is just to tell people like that's the goal you're not gonna sit down and meditate and it's gonna fix your life in that session and then when your life stops being fixed by it then you do it again and then your life gets fixed some more and then you do it again and then you it's not this thing you have to keep doing it's an insight that you have to have about really about how your mind works and then you just the reason why you keep doing it is so it just gets ingrained into your brain that when like i've had it happen so much this intersection down here is like the worst intersection in the world people lose their fucking people lose their fucking mind there you know how many times I get upset about anything that happens there? A grand total of zero. Yeah. You know, someone cuts me we off. You can only get angry so many times. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that's like a, it's a good little trigger for me, you know, to be like, oh, yeah, we're good. We don't have to be mm. angry about this. It triggers my thought of like, what's really going on in my brain? And then what's really going on in their brain? Yeah, when that's someone really gets, understanding someone else's journey before you get angry at them. Yep. And you just th- sit there and think, and this is where like the biggest element of Buddhism is compassion. 
So that's what you'll hear is love and kindness and compassion yeah. is because the, this thinking that happens where you're like disconnected from the moment, mm. that is what the Buddhists call like dukkha or suffering, right? Mm-hmm. And so even people, they'll say like, they take it to the extreme that like any thinking is suffering essentially because like if you want something bad, you're like suffering until you get it. And then you realize once you've got it, then you realize that it's gone and now you've got to fill it with like a new... So they get this, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they once you're sitting on this side of the fence, like let's say you have this insight and you're not connected to your ego anymore and you you know that it's an illusion in that sense and you can like live in that state. Yes, you're still going to get connected to thoughts. You're still going to have bad mood. But if you can live on this side of the fence where you know how your mind actually works Mm. then everybody that you meet in your life that isn't having that same level of insight you have to be compassionate towards them and the suffering that they're having as a result of not having this insight Mm. not knowing the way that their mind works not understanding their feelings and the fact that they're probably connected to their emotions or their ego 100% of the Mm. time and so that's where this gives you two this life and this like way of thinking and this understanding it that gives you two benefits it gives you benefits for yourself and the way that you can then treat yourself and then it gives you benefits for the way that you can treat other people and the compassion that you can have for other people and the the understanding that the things that they're doing are coming from the level at which they're connected to their own thoughts and mm. disconnected from the moment mm. yeah well wow. for sure yeah yeah i think um yeah everyone has the same thoughts it's like pretty much yeah how you just described it it's just how you deal with them Mm. um life's also like unlocking levels yeah some people are on level four some people are on level 50 or like so it's really under like understanding people's journeys and then um with another level comes another devil yeah 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 because there's devils fucking they're always on those levels but you have to process there's always like good with bad um yeah but wow i love the detail you just described that too i took so much out of that that's crazy well, dude that's been the, probably the last like five years of my life just wow like, and, and all the words that you use with the buddhist stuff and like there was i i i thought a lot of it but you just made it sound a lot clearer yeah, well, I, think I was really. I don't have anything to say. I'm. I'm still like kind of. <laughs> I'm putting into my chair after that, but it's just so much clarification on. Um, yeah, you're fully thinking all this, like everything yeah. that you're saying. Like, you're really there. It's just in a. I've probably just done a lot more like research yeah. in a in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think just the most important thing is every single person on this planet has the same thoughts. Yeah, they just deal with them differently and then yeah. there's a different outcome yeah yeah versus a bum versus a rich person or let's no let's not say rich person a bum of sorry a person that's just not happy with their life and a person that is yes and and and, as and that well, could be a rich person and a rich person or a poor person and a poor uh, person 100 percent. so i really fucked up with that no no it's there, a easy it's an easy one to go <laughs> you to. get what i'm saying but yeah i think um and, and to be honest too, you know, like there's people that go through life, like you said, the dumber the person, the fucking happier they are. Like it's kind of true to I an t- extent, like, cause I mean, I think so much like obviously, um, but 
that is a real form of unhappiness and like what you said about another level another devil that's so fucking true bro because you dude there was like three months i reckon or four months where i went through like a period of like almost depression yeah in a sense because when you like free will is kind of like a whole nother conversation of like you know do we have like free will in the way like but all that is saying is like oh i'm responsible for my thoughts i Mm. think this i'm the one that so it's like it's basically like believing that you have an ego essentially Mm. but when you like really drill down into that whole conversation around free will you start to think well like oh so nothing that i do matters like everything's written my story's already written like i didn't choose where i was born and blah 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 you go through all the thoughts that i have are just a result of the thoughts that i had before and the people and the interactions and you kind of can get to like a pretty well i got to like a pretty dark place in a sense of like oh it's fucking pointless i'm just i'm on the ride and try and fucking enjoy it for all it's good and all it's bad you know so there's definitely just like view it rather than it, try to control it yeah you, and there's like observe it do the best you can and just just observe everything has energies as well and and accept look at the energies as like floating water or whatever and observe rather than try and control every situation i think like being a powerful person or whatever like i used to think that you have to i'm not saying that i am that but I used to think that I had to control every situation yep. to get to that. Yep. But it was actually the opposite. It was surrendering and to to getting way more out of life and listening and reading what's going on around you. Yeah, and <clears> I think <throat> that... Um, uh, and, like, maybe I could articulate some of these things and explain some of these things a little bit better, but it's one of the reasons I've actually always admired you as a person is because without maybe fully understanding all of the things that I understand in the word sense mm. you can live like and that's why i think that you when i look at you pulling back on a triple flip or when i look at you doing ice bars every single day so that is you living the words that i just said mm. so my challenge in my journey and in my life is to not just know these things yeah put it into practice and put them into so practice. easy to say all these things but putting into practice i probably don't put half the stuff that i say into practice try my best do my best but might not do it but also do do a lot of it yeah yeah no yeah. i think you do it's one of the reasons i've always looked up to you is that you've always been a guy that has done you live the things that you say and you do i'm sure you don't want to get in that ice bath every day and i'm sure it's fucking cold and i'm i could see the demons that you were battling to do the triple flip and to pull back on that and to in that moment you know mm-hmm. so it's like you do live these things and you you really do surrender to the moment mm-hmm. i think it's a pretty fucking dope thing that you do cheers bros appreciate it man so uh what's what what are some of the things that you want to not like what's next yeah but as as for on a one percent level yeah not on a career nah, level not on anything level 1%. so on a one percent level how do you see yourself getting better as a person in the next 12 months um keep just staying on top of my good habits um having fun keeps keep um growing all the relationships around me um 
action sports is at a funny time. Um, I just want to adapt, and honestly, I don't fully have... As far as me being a better person, I'm just going to keep doing everything that I do on a day-to-day basis anyway. Nothing's changed for me from doing the triple to before and now and after. Um, I do. I would love to be more busy on my dirt bike doing lots more events. Like I have my mini flip um, thing that I do just to try and just pop up at more events and just do stuff. Because going into a freestyle show, you have to have all the permits to get into wherever you are. And then mm. as soon as you're dealing with OH&S, like the safety stuff in Australia, it's torture. Um, lots of money for permits insurance lots of loopholes around it i should have it for my mini flip but anyways <laughs> um <laughs> but i love the idea of popping up anywhere and just having a private event like private private rope dossier area and anyways um but just keep staying active and growing with all the people around me um i'd love to do some more like i, I want to tap into one big off stunt like one one off big stunts um do some gnarly stuff like that kind of um pretty tight with robbie madison we've had a few good conversations about some things yeah. like jacko and that um yeah those boys are legends but um more or less just keep being uh, the best version of myself and then being ready for when a really good opportunity comes next i don't know what's next but i'm gonna be ready when it comes and so have you got any like physical goals like you're gonna keep doing the movement method stuff yeah like i had a good chat with um harry turnbull actually this morning sick. um uh i've he told he just told me because he just tore his peck off his shoulder i oh. mean off his chest off his shoulder. um, um but, i think your peck does connect to your shoulder yeah 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 you're um, right <laughs> <laughs> fuck you're smart <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i'm gonna kind of keep a fitness channel and i want to really like actually focus on getting my body really good um because i've kind of just done dabbles of all different exercises what i feel like doing i'm gonna set a full fitness um plan like x amount of strength sessions during the week one bikram yoga a week i've been doing that for the last yeah, you've three been doing years it for a long time. yeah um one bikram and then i'm gonna just focus on decompressing my joints things like that um but i keep wanting to growing my body like so then i can be ready to do cool stuff on the moto um, I want to do lots more base jumping. Now all the moto stuff's done, I'm going to really start tapping into the base jumping more. Um, I have lots... Because then that could lead into a really cool moto base stunt. That's yep. on the to-do list for sure, yep. moto base. Can't wait to do one of them one day. When I'm... When I, when I say I'm ready, just when I can pack my own parachute, I still can't pack my own base rig. <laughs> yeah. I haven't jumped on... I've packed them, but I haven't jumped on my own pack job base jump. Skydiving, different story. I've done over 200 jumps on my own pack job on skydiving. Um, but yeah... Um, but yeah, just keep having fun. Just keep cherishing all the relationships and all the people I have in my life. And um, yeah, I don't know the answer. And I wish I could tell you the answer. I wish I could say, hey, there's Nitro Circus is booked out with shows all next year. and I could go back to touring, keep winding up the tricks and keep growing as in a rider. I'm obviously going to still do that at my compound. But I'd love to, I just would love to have a stage to really work towards because then you have a dance, then you have a place to perform and mm. deliver and it makes you train twice, three, four times harder because you can dedicate all your time because there's a funding for it and it all funds itself. Not saying that my wise money, um, there's only so much like, yeah, you, you still need to just keep producing yeah, there's still, your own lifestyle yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just gonna just keep my I'm gonna keep my mouth shut and listen more. 
I reckon yeah. that's a good place to be. Well, mate, I enjoyed it. We did another one. Fucking nearly four hours, boy. Yeah. Oh, three and a bit. How long? Three and a half. Yeah, hey. fuck yeah. Legend, dude. Now, they always go for the, I don't think we've done a podcast that's went under three hours. No, nah, nah, we probably won't either. No, nah, it's been cool. I'm glad uh, we waited a while to do one Third too. podcast, so. triple flip happened, and we got the jersey over there, oh, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stoked. Yeah, we'll have to figure out. We'll put this up somewhere. Have I given you a jersey? I'm no, nah, never. I don't ask for jerseys what, what though. A ever. Dog. Hey. I literally have one. I just have Berriman's one. Oh, all the yes. ones, that, all the ones that I've got. I'm proud to be going up next to Berriman. I know. Eh? Oh, I got to get a frame for that thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just claiming that my jersey's going in your office. <laughs> I need a well. I need like a better spot to put them all. Hey, mate. I was hoping you could put my jersey right just here. Right there. Just say it's <laughs> just for, on the, for all the films. Done. <laughs> <laughs> right until four quad flip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You.